Greetings, Padawans, and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron is the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. And welcome, everybody, to the Archives Podcast, episode 12, coming off of the solo show, talking all about the Andor debate. We are joined by MJ and Van Seal out here today. And today's topic is life among the stars. I've been on a crazy Starfield binge right now. I'm having a really, really good time playing it. And with everything new that's been coming to Galaxy of Heroes as well, I decided, hey, what's a Star Wars podcast without actually talking about what goes on in the stars? So today we're going to be talking majority about ships, Navy combat, and everything in between. So welcome to the pod, boys. How are we all doing? Good. Good. MJ's doing fantastic. That means I must be doing fantastic as well so today to get things going and just to uh, liven up the mood a little bit we're going to be playing a game to kick off the pod and this is called the escalation game now van seal uh look to your left and name the first thing that you see my running shoes all right mj you now have to name something better but don't go too overboard because you don't want to just jump straight to Odyssey instantly. It doesn't have to be next to you. You just name something that's better than running shoes. Painting of wine bottles. <laughs> I could get behind that. I can get behind that. I'll give that a pass. And that's how the rule works. If that, whatever gets proposed, the next person then has to either agree or disagree. If it's disagreed, you get a strike. Three strikes each. Last man standing wins. It's the escalation <laughs> game. So, a painting of wine bottles, I will go ahead and say a nice cold Gatorade. All right. Uh, I I agree. I take the Gatorade over the wine bottles painting because I can't drink the painting. No, not exactly. And we're not talking about a painting of a Gatorade either. We're talking about a nice cold, crispy Gatorade right out the fridge. Yeah, yeah but All here's right. the thing. You drink it, it's gone. Them paint that painting. No, you could still hang it up on the wall after you're done, actually. So it's just as equivalent. You could paint the Gatorade. You paint the Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> you paint the empty bottle. You've never yeah. had a drop of that wine that's on your wall, you fraud. <laughs> hey, it looks nice. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it looks great, but the Gatorade's the Gatorade, man. Depends on the flavor now. Lemon lime. As long as it's not paint flavored, I think it's the best flavor. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. What do you got, Van Seal? What's better than a nice cold Gatorade? Ooh, I'm actually gonna pull this one up. I have a gallon of water. <laughs> uh, gets my pass. I agree. Some nice cold water. Are you kidding me? Room temperature. It's not cold. It's room temp. Ooh. Room temp. It's not cold. It's room temp. What do you say, MJ? Because a gallon of cold water, I couldn't do that. I, I just feel like that would mess me up somehow. I mean, I'm personally not a avid water drinker, so I, I gotta go with the Gatorade over the water. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to give him. I'm gonna. You got a strike on your on your name, Van Seal. 
Cool. Because if it was cold water, I'm I'm game. Maybe a few right. ice cubes just to keep it keep it having a good time. So MJ, a gallon though, a gallon. I I know it's a, it's a good sell. If you said cold, but you were honest, you know, <laughs> that was your first mistake. MJ, what's better than a gallon of room temperature water? <laughs> um, I gotta say a portable AC, portable air conditioner for sure. Yeah, that's true. Would you rather AC or a bottle of water? Right now, I mean, we're in October. I yeah, think I would I mean, take the water. <laughs> you tell me. I think I'd rather take the water. That's a strike on you too, bud. Um, what's better than a portable AC unit? I will go with a Bose speaker for the bathroom. Uh, yeah. Pretty top tier. I, yeah, you can hide a lot of noises in the bathroom with a Bose speaker. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Hell yeah. Never, never hate a shower again. You're just jamming out the whole time. Oh, yeah. Come on now. All right. What's better than a Bose speaker? In the bathroom. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. Damn. It's better than a Bose speaker in the bathroom. Okay, I'll, I'll play the same vicinity. Because, okay. well, are we allowed to do something that's similar or no? And it could be anything. All right. A portable Death Star speaker. Freedom. That I do actually take into the bathroom sometimes to jam out to music. Deal. I like it. <clears throat> you can never have enough Star Wars in your life. <laughs> no. No. That's a tough task for you, MJ. You gotta one-up that. That's gonna be tough. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, well, instead of being alone and independent... I got this. It's a, it's a game you play with your friends called uh, What Do You Mean? Oh, it's not going to show on the... <laughs> you just held up a green piece of paper. That's got to be a strike. That's got to be a strike. Literally the That's got to be a strike. Um. So what's better than nothing? <laughs> Let's say... <laughs> Um, Yikes. I will go with a nice, a nice warm bag of popcorn. Yeah, I, I, I have, it's tough, but I take the popcorn over nothing. I think so too, you know, I think so too. Unlucky, MJ, really. Unlucky. <laughs> Had one job. You did. You could have been anything. And you picked nothing. <laughs> Wasn't planned, I tell you. So where are we at now? Uh, on you, and you have to name something better than a nice, warm bag of popcorn. 
Nice one bag of popcorn. I'm trying to think of stuff that's around me. I have a container of cashews that's almost gone. <laughs> Which means I need to get more when I go to the grocery store. This that's that's for you to decide, MJ. That's for you to what's decide. better than cashews? No, no, no. If uh, a warm bag of popcorn is better than a almost empty container <laughs> of cashews. <laughs> I gotta go with the warm pop. <laughs> for sure. Two strikes on the both of you. And MJ, what is better than an almost empty container of cashews? I, I mean, I have something, but I... I've been fooled before. A Jawa. That's pretty sick. That's pretty good. It may not be a popcorn. It's a Utini. Hell yeah. I would say that's better than some almost empty cashews. (laughs) Now what's better than an Utini? A plushy Utini. Um, The feeling of playing a very good video game for the first time. Yeah, but how... Okay. How do I... <laughs> how do you materialize that's, that? That's a, that's a physical thing. How do you materialize that? Oh, it's just... Uh... That's not how the Force works. <laughs> the game and then said that, yeah. All right. Um, Knights of the Old Republic... Okay. I'm gonna one up that by saying Knights of the Old Republic 2. I'll one up it with Star Wars The Old Republic. <laughs> They're all kind of equal. But understandable. It's an understandable hierarchy. Um, yeah. So the old republic. I will go with a solid hat. Ooh. Like a Ooh. really solid hat. You can wear it with almost any outfit. It looks good, feels good. He's looking at the hat I'm thinking of. No, no, I, I, it's over there. I'm thinking about because you're talking about plushies, so give me an idea. I'm gonna bring out my director Krennic pillow. <laughs> so give me one second. I'll get, I'll get my director Krennic pillow. He's got I a, never go to sleep without it. He's got a Krennic body crazy. pillow, bro. That's crazy, bro. Only included. It is a body pillow. <laughs> oh my god. Look at that guy. <laughs> Oh, he's on the frame. Hang on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fucking director credit on a pillow. Who sold that? Pillow. There you go. Who sold that, man? (laughs) Who was like, yup, looks good. (laughs) It's a little old, but I mean. Yeah, it was definitely sold uh, during the theaters of Rogue One for sure. Yeah. I hope yeah. so. That's so bad. <laughs> Man. 
<laughs> he rolls over. I'm not feeling you, Krennic. Touch his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid item. Yeah, I would take that over my plush. But I mean, I've had some memories with this plush, so we partied hard. Fought. Okay. I think I think I know what I have to beat MJ with. What do you got, MJ? I'm not prepared. Uh it's <laughs> uh, green, it won't show. Uh no momento. It's like everything is green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to beat this guy easy. <laughs> it's gonna be a whole crack at nothing again. Since we are on the topic of the older public. I like how we're just getting shit in our room now just to like, hey, I'm cooler. Revan's lightsaber. Revan's lightsaber. Nice. Well, I'm looking at she's dying. <laughs> <laughs> you go with Revan's lightsaber. I'm oh, going okay. to... I'm going to go with Annie Bobani's lightsaber. Oh, God damn it. Annie Bobanis. Me. He yeah. can't say no to Annie. He can't say no to Anakin. me. Also used by Luke and Ray, both Skywalkers. And Ben. And Bean. Bean. And Padme Amidala. Yeah. When she was hiding it. Yep. Yep. I'm trying to think if anyone else used it. Obi-Wan. Probably. No, for for sure. He was a nerd. Checkmate, MJ. He got you. Nah. He's trying like to get you. Be <laughs> like the cashews. There you go. Alright, Van Sil, what is better? Anything in life, what is better than Anakin's lightsaber? Ooh. Anything in life. Anything in life. So something I don't have to actually own. Okay. Mm -mm. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Desert Eagle. <laughs> That's up there. That's up there. All right. Desert Eagle. Bro, his daughter's lightsaber. I think I gotta take the Desert Eagle. <laughs> you know what? I'll trade that for a Eagle any day. <laughs> the lightsaber wouldn't even deflect it. Let's be honest. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a. You gotta deflect it, and then you got a hole in your clavicle. Okay. <laughs> What's better than All the right. Deagle? I will say... A... Sherman tank. I would take a Barrett 50 cal over a Sherman tank any day. I, I kind of like the tank idea. 
You got to. Resale value. I've been inside one before, like, I don't know, as a museum, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. I've never been inside of a bear before. Sorry, MJ. I mean, I'm, I've never been I'm inside mistaken. an eagle either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although it's yeah, kind um, of uh, kind of illegal. <laughs> wouldn't the bear bear it be considered like an anti tank round, or no? Uh, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Potentially. Depends. Depends who's pulling the trigger. You know, you get Juder back there. You never know where it's going to go. Uh. <laughs> All right, Van Seal, what's better than a Sherman tank? Uh, A-10 Warthog. Those are the planes that go burp, burp. Okay. AC-130 above. Warthog. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool plane. Um, I'll one-up you. The Razor Crest. Falcon. I, I take the Razor Crest over the Falcon, I think. True. I think the Razor Crest is, like, to me, we get to see a lot of the inside of the Razor Crest, and to me, it feels like... I don't know. It feels like somebody's home. And, it feels like, uh, feels like you're like first apartment, you know? Where you yeah, just have way too much shit. Place. You yeah. have way too much stuff. And the Falcon feels... Yeah. It's fucking huge. The Falcon's huge, man. Like, do you want to be that guy that takes up like three parking spots? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. It's, it, like, the mileage on the Falcon's probably awful. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry, but... At the, <laughs> The Razor Club, I think, is fine, because most of the time it's just floating. <laughs> the engines don't work, but, you know. I mean, if we're talking, like, favorites and one-star fighters overall for me. I I could see that, but not for long distance. Because you're stuck in that chair until you land. <laughs> you gotta go to the bathroom, you're done. You wanna fall asleep, do it in the chair. Yep. I'm not pissing myself. You want to get McDonald's drive-through? You you have nowhere to place that. It's in your lap the whole way. <laughs> and there's also no cup holders in the N1. Just keep that in mind. No cup holders in the N1. So short trips, absolutely. Long trips, no way. That's true. So speaking of ships, speaking of ships, I want to ask you guys big question: What character in Star Wars do you think had the best ship? In episodes one through nine, so no TV shows, no Razor Crest, but just in the movies, who had the best ship, in your opinion? When we're talking ship, we're not talking like capital ship, right? We're talking just like a... I think capitals are included. <clears throat> I would right? just say like starship. starship. I would just starship. say starship. Okay. okay. Ooh, that's a good question. We can talk about capital ships afterwards, but just... I, I, I'm biased. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to slay one. Slave one, yeah. I was waiting and I was like, if he doesn't answer soon, I'm gonna have to cut in Slave one is like Dude, hearing that seismic charge is just <clears throat> Yeah, that and like it just it's just so Especially in theaters, dude. Just that 
that it's got fun. like it's got it's got defense it's got offense it's it, you know it's got multiple cabins um it's like the razor crest is dead yeah yeah that's honestly a really good way of putting it yeah yeah like his uh if you're a fan of a robot chicken it's like his uh gay uncle you know <laughs> you want a little bit of the booba I love the slave one though. Um, my first Star Wars that I saw in theaters was Attack of the Clones, and when I heard that seismic charge go off for the first time, my god! Yeah, yeah. my god. But yeah, it's I mean, so unique, and it just, it just, it just stands. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of unique ships in Star Wars that stand out, but I think like. Slave One is just different. Like, the way it takes off, the way it lands, obviously it looks weird and different, but it's just like, mm -hmm. there's no other ship that kind of, like, resembles, like, the Fire Spray gunship. Like, there's no... Like, there's a lot of X-Wings and TIE Fighters that you can, like, you can kind of... Like, when you see certain ships, you can kind of guess, like, like, which faction they belong to. Like, Slave One, it's like, it's just Slave One. Like, it's that's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, really iconic ship, and just, like, the way the engines sound and everything. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have speed. That's the only thing that Slave 1, like, is really bad at. Just, the speed is just not there, but it's got, like, everything else. Alright, fair. And, I mean, it was quick enough. Kept up with the Falcon. Kept up with, uh, Obi-Wan Starfighter. And those Jedi yeah, Starfighters were fast as that hell. That ship was evaded twice by the same maneuver. Mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, seeing it in the movies, though, the sound, like, it sounds like a pod. It sounds like a pod racer. Yeah. It sounds really good. I just love the mechanical sound of it, whereas normal starships are, you know, mm -hmm. more like ionic. Yeah. It sounds like it's... Boba's stopping off in Corellia to fill up with gas, you know. Everyone else is running on ions. He's running on gas. I love yeah, the Slave I mean, One for sure, 100%. Every ship, or not even every ship, uh, every sound uh, really has, like, its own distinct sound, especially within Star Wars, you know. Mm -hmm. You got the lightsabers. You got Han's blaster. You got Jango's blaster. You got Padme's blaster. Um the Falcon taking off the light speed, just even the fact of light speed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, literally hearing the seismic charge, especially in theaters, and then coming back, you know, in the Book of Boba Fett was. We got to see a few of them in the Book of Boba Fett too. Yeah, that yeah. was sick. And Mando season two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. With the Slave One, do you appearance-wise? Did you prefer it when Django owned it or when Boba owned it? Oh, that's a good question. I really like the blue and I really like, I like it when Django owned it because it also had a different windshield. Um, I, I think it's, I think when, um, I think when, Hondo and the Clone Wars took over Slave One and then Aura Singh like Hondo took took it over until Boba was old enough to like drive it and like own it himself. So mm -hmm. it kind of just became like the bounty hunter ship that everyone like 
borrowed for bounty hunter missions then aura sing like messed it up and she crashed it and everything so they had to replace the windshield so boba's windshield goes a lot lower on the ship which i really never liked that i like how like Django's. it's like it's the original windshield it's he's got like the original parts on it still um i think Django actually has more weaponry on his version because uh it does get modified and changed over the years till boba gets it yeah um, but yeah, I, I think I really like the blue. Like the blue design really looks good. Yeah. <clears throat> My favorite starship. Pound for pound. Probably has to be the the N1 Starfighter. Just the stock yellow Nabu Royal Army Starfighter. Clean. It it really was, and it really is. It's a Ferrari of ships. Exactly. Exactly. They're so quick, so agile. They're able to slice through a blockade with no ifs, ands, or buts. And just aesthetically pleasing. It was different than anything that we'd seen. X-Wings. Yeah, they kind of remind me of like a Formula One. A little yeah, bit. exactly. X-Wings were like these rugged, kind of like boxcars. Uh-huh. And then the Imperial ships, they're just too clean and too straight and narrow. And then you have these N1s that come out and like the curvature and the brilliance of it and the chrome that they used. I felt pound for pound gorgeous. And anytime I'm playing Battlefront 2 on Naboo, <laughs> we're in the hangar. I'll always pay tribute to the N1 Starfighters that are just mounted up. I love the N1s. So when Mando got his, I was pogging out. I was pogging out. Of course, then all the Neeks were talking about like, oh, it's Anakin. Just one to Anakin flew. They could be the one that Captain Pananka was bending chicks over. It's still the N1 Starfighter, man. It's still dope as hell. <laughs> I love it. So do you guys think in any which way a character's ship can enhance or drive home parts of their character? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it's Boba uh, Fett. You're a huge yeah. Boba Fett guy. How does the how does the slave one kind of coincide with Boba? So like First off, the, the design of the Slave One, the silhouette almost resembles the Mythosaur skull, which, you know, the first time we ever see that in Star Wars is on, you know, his uh, his shoulder pad. You know, that's kind of like his symbol that he kind of just like rolls around with, you know, and then it turned into the Mandalorian logo. Um, but I think, um, I think like even with Django and Boba, like their ship, color scheme matches their color armor scheme so i think uh, their ship has a lot of character that kind of just like exists with them as well mm -hmm. um i think that's true for a lot of characters in star wars i agree i'm with you there the th thing that comes to mind for me is the rebels and their x-wings you know white and orange is a huge color concept there and with the resistance is white and blue mm -hmm. and then of course you have poe dameron's ship which is black and orange and that kind of exemplifies how 
Poe is much more of a rebel himself, even within the Resistance, does what he wants to do, and he's different than everyone else. So that's the example that stands out for me. What about you, MJ? I kind of feel similar to that, you know, the whole uh, color scheme concept with Poe Dameron's uh, standing out on his own, being more of like a rebellious type than a resistance. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I also have to side with uh, his same with Vance Hill, you know, a lot of what he said made sense. The thing that I love most about Star Wars is the kind of intuitiveness that people don't usually grasp onto. And with a character like Anakin, right? <laughs> when he was a child, he was fighting in the Battle of Naboo in the skies in an N1 starfighter, yellow and chrome. So when he grows up to be a Jedi, what colors his starfighter? It's yellow and chrome, you know? So he keeps that synonymous with his character and for my money like Anakin's obviously talked about as the best star star pilot in the galaxy it's really cool that from movie to movie even though his ship is different the color scheme stays the same you know what I mean true and then yeah that's, that's true because even when he becomes Vader um he actually still keeps his Jedi Starfighter, except he paint. It's like it, he paints it all like gray and black, and then, and then eventually he transitions to the uh, the Tide Vance, and you know, gray and black as well. Mm -hmm. And I love the Tide Vance, and I was just about to talk about it too, because there was a comic run where he wanted a new ship, because his ship was just running. Uh, not great. And he asked, well, what's what's so good about this one? It's more advanced. <laughs> and that's, that's what the TIE Advance was referred to as. So, I love the simplicity of it. And then in the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you have ships like the Millennium Falcon, the Ebon Hawk, that are just different ships in and of themselves, you know? There's not a lot of ships I mean, like yeah. them. I love the Ebon Hawk. I, I like it more than the Falcon. And, and that might just be the KOTOR nerd in me, but I I, I used to actually... I used to not like the Ebon Hawk because I thought it was a stupid design. Like, oh, it's just a fal copy of the Falcon. And it, it kind of is, but then, like, I don't know why I feel like the interior to the Ebon Hawk makes more sense than the Falcon. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because the the, the Falcon, like, um, I don't know. It it kind of looks like a hand. Like, if you ever do this with your hand, it this is a little the shape of the Falcon. It's like, why is the cockpit mm -hmm. all the way out here? And the Ebon Hawk, it's like, oh, it's dead center. It's like, oh, that makes sense actually. The Falcon just looks like a hand. That's very true. I'll never unsee that. <laughs> I'll never unsee that, man. <clears throat> I mean, Not with the Falcon, at least, though, film after film, you do see different variants of it. With the Solo film, yeah. it's pretty much brand spanking new until it's, they yeah, fuck it, it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the uh, 
Empire Strikes Back when you like really see the shit because like Chewie and Han are working on it damn near the whole film trying to get it ready for when they take off you can see just how much shit it's been through and then once Ray gets it it's literally falling apart catching on fire it's, yeah so I love that the the ship is aging along with the franchise I love that and I hope one day, one movie, that the Falcon does get retired or put up into a monument or something. Do you think that you'll ever see something like that in a movie with a ship as iconic as the Falcon? Because I think ships kind of deserve write-offs as well. I actually would. I wouldn't mind if it got blown up. <laughs> Just gonna say it. Like introduce a new, a new like family ship, a new cruise ship, which isn't hard to do because there's so many of them in Star Wars. Like mm-hmm. it's not just the Falcon. Like 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 the Ghost, for example. I think the Ghost is a fantastic ship. Like the Ghost in itself is its own character. Um, mm-hmm. I think they can he can easily come up with another version of like the Falcon, like for the next generation of Star Wars characters. Like I think that I don't think it has to always be the Falcon because then it just it's just kind of ridiculous at that point. It's like it's like that one Honda Civic that's been passed down from family member to family member, and you start asking yourself like, how the hell is this thing still around? Like what? I mean, Honda Civics last forever, I guess, but it's besides <laughs> the point. I know exactly how that feels too because I got my brother's hand-me-down car. Unbelievable. I I would like to. I don't know if I would want to see it blown up, but if it was just like docked somewhere permanently, that'd be cool. Yeah, I like. I I would. I would be. I think what would be really cool is if they they. Not that it's crashed or anything, but I think a really cool idea if if I if I had the option to like not have it blown up would be like if they turned it into like a bar or a restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they just have it like kind of like here. It's it's permanently like the engine's been removed, stripped, all the weapons are gone. Like it's now a walk-in, dine-in, bar slash restaurant kind of a thing. I think that'd be kind of cool. That'd be sick in at Disneyland. That'd yeah, be where it's blue. Just replace it with a window. There you go, man. There you go. Exactly. Sit down at the at the Squiggo desk. And the Millennium Falcon, eat a Lunchable, have a good time, you know? That'd be sick. I I can't wait. I've never been to Disneyland since they added, like, the Galaxy's Edge. Um, I plan on taking my girlfriend and just geeking out for a weekend. But, yeah, I, that's something I can't wait to see. The, like, the, the literal full-size Falcon. That's gonna be tight. yeah. When you go in it, when you go in it, it's it's um because uh, I mean I live like twenty minutes from there, but like I've only gone a couple times. Like when you go in, it, like your first time, it's pretty like it's pretty weird. You're just like you're like you're there, you're in there, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like what the heck. And then there's people screaming at you to keep walking because you're just like stunned. <laughs> I had a feeling that that would happen. I had a feeling. Yeah. Unfortunate. I'll have to. We'll have to get this podcast very rich and famous so we can just be given a tour of Lucasfilm too, man. That'd be tight. I've always wanted to do a Lucasfilm tour and see like all the behind the scenes stuff, but I don't think they do it anymore. 
unfortunately, but that was something that I always really wanted to do to see like what went into the practical effects, stuff like that. But now that we have like the light and magic series on Disney plus, it kind of does that. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I've watched a little bit of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I literally popped here. It literally pioneered the way for so many VFX artists today. It's crazy. Yeah, they're like, the they're the goats. Wouldn't have Thanos, you know, but Marvel and and all the upcoming feature flicks. Like, I mean, without ILM, we wouldn't have how good of an Anakin we had in Ahsoka. Without ILM, we don't have much of the movie industry, holistically. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was like doing. Such Weenie Shadow. Hut Jr. effects. Super Weenie Hut Jr. And they... Budget. <laughs> it was terrible. And then ILM came around and they made Star Wars and hit it out of the park. And then everyone started hiring them, you know? They they literally changed the world of film forever. It's nuts. And they're probably the reason why people behind the camera get paid a good sizable amount rather than what they probably were getting paid back in the day. So shout out to ILM hundred percent because without floating potatoes and flying shoes, like you don't get starfighter assaults, you know, very cool. Um, speaking of starfighters, speaking of games, speaking of galaxy of heroes, I wanted to talk about some gaming with you guys as well. Um, we're going to kick it off with Galaxy of Heroes and the ship combat to start off before we just talk more so about uh, in general. But with Galaxy of Heroes, I want to know from you guys firsthand what your ex- first experience was, how you got into it, and what kind of got you hooked on it. So I've been playing almost since launch. I think I played. I started playing a month after launch i was where was i um i was getting hyped because uh you know the new star wars movies coming out force awakens and uh at the time i was playing the old republic i was i was playing that game for like four or five six years and they were having a kind of a rough patch in the game because like the devs just announced this at a they're not going to do any more multiplayer content or new raids for 18 months. And we're like, well, I guess we're not playing this game for 18 months because the story, you know, the story stuff, you can knock on like 15 minutes. And they have nothing to do, uh, nothing to work for. And I was in a guild that was primarily raid focused and PvP focused. So mm-hmm. no new content for a year and a half was kind of a tough pill to swallow. So I saw ads for Swogo. And Swogo, they were saying, like, oh, if you log, if you sign up, Anytime this month, we'll give you a free four-star Captain Phasma and a couple other characters that will be automatically unlocked. So I was familiar with these type of games. I played them before, like the character collector games. I was like, all right, Star Wars, I'll I'll try it out. And kind of been playing ever since. Uh, uh, You know, I think think the fact that it's Star Wars is kind of what, like, really, obviously, like, kind of hooked me. And then... um, you know, at the time, there was no, when I started playing, there was no guilds, there was no raids, there was, like, nothing in this game, and um, there really wasn't much going for it, but, you know, it was a brand new game, and it was it was something you played, like, I, I was playing it, like, every other day, I wasn't, mm-hmm. like, in, I wasn't doing it every single day, I was like, ah, oh, there's nothing to do in this game, but it's still, it's a still, it's still fun to do, like, when I have downtime, 
you know, play for like 10, 15, 20 minutes and I'm done. Obviously that's changed now. Now it's like a full-time <laughs> yeah. job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's been my experience. And that's how I got hooked into the game. And uh, and then I, I end up quitting The Old Republic. I haven't played it since because I was like, well, I, I want to play one Star Wars game like 100%. So I, uh, and maybe I'll get back in The Old Republic like a little bit. But for the most part, I haven't, I haven't picked it up since. I think we should all hop on and just have a good time. See what happens, you know? That'd be I'd fun. enjoy it. Yeah. What about you, MJ? How did you get started on the old Galaxy of Heroes? Uh, it was uh, during a time when uh, my parents were getting divorced. Didn't really have uh, console games or a PC even. To be fair, I'm new to the PC gaming aspects, even though I need a new one. But um, yeah, so really no internet, just me, my phone, uh, parent in another state and with one parent. Uh, needed a game to play, found Star Wars, was interested in looking for Star Wars games, and one of those, you know, Swiggo popped up. And, you know, just going through all the basics. It literally, I think, literally just even the basics and just playing the game, like, within the first hour, it's either a hater or love it, like, hook or deal, you know what I mean? Like a fish. Like, if you played it, you played it. Um, so I played it, I played it, uh, even my dad, because I was living with my dad at the time, even me and him, I remember me and him, we were in the same guild, even my uncle, I got him into it, um, and this was still, this was all before GLs, like, literally, like, 26, when, when did the game come out, like, 2016, 2016? 2015. Yeah, it was, like, 2016. It came out, like, it came out the end of 2015, so... 2016, me, my dad, my uncle, all in the same guild, ended up getting my brother in the guild. And it just got to a point where, because, like, I was a Call of Duty content creator. I was competitive. I mean, I'm just a competitive player in general, you know? Um, not a you wouldn't loser. know by playing with them. You wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> not a sore loser, just don't like losing. I mean, I'll, I'll try to figure out what I did wrong to not lose again. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's just, anyways, um, it got to a point where, um, you know, I, I looked at my family in the guild and was like, this is casual. I gotta go. <laughs> um, and moved on to like competitive guilds. And here we are today where like my knowledge of the game is, I wouldn't say astounding, but it's definitely up there than most. Uh, not like in the top five percent of the game because that also involves money and having characters you know with the game mm -hmm. like it's not just you can read it all day but if you can just read and not play with it what are you really learning you're just looking at a piece of paper mm -hmm. um, and nobody nobody knows everything in this game there's people that are still discover things like for the first time like mm -hmm. but then some some of those things don't get shared so there's a lot of there's a lot of like hidden knowledge within this game that never sees the light of day because it's so dependent on like the meta the datacrons and it's like there are certain counters that like the top guilds will just like keep to themselves yeah just kind of cool just kind of cool in a way i mean there's always discoverability you know kind of what, what was it anakin said one is one is never too old to learn or something like that so mm -hmm. i mean like this game people are always learning in this game and then there's some people including myself that just for some reason, their brain shuts off with certain kits, and you just like we're just dumbfounded because we can't, like I don't know. It's a lot to process. Why the fuck did that happen? 
I learned yeah, something. pretty much. I learned something <laughs> new today that I'm gonna start working on, and that's that uh, Cal Kestis is the best light side fit for our boy Starkiller, because in Cal's unique, he gives bonus max health and such. Whereas I'm in, I'm in no way, shape, or form in a rush to build a Seer Junda team, you know. But to... you, you almost have Ray, right? Exactly. It's a better home. Hey, we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. But you know, I just look at Visus Mar and I watch her die every time, and I'm like, you know, I want. Nah, don't I want don't her. I want something but better. Hold on, hold on. I'll defend Visus a little bit. Visus, you Visus is good, but the problem she's one of those characters where she becomes good after you have to, after you over invest in her. Like you can't just get her to R five and her be good. It's like no, you got to really, you got to take her up, make her thick. Um, well, I'm not trying to take her to the gym every day, you know. That's on her, you know. Uh, I swiped right on her. This is how I got her. <laughs> Everyone said, oh, get visas for the Starkiller team. It'll be great. It's not been great. She, She's usually just standing there, you know, holistically. Maybe that's on me. Probably is on me. But... Stickray works just fine, and she's an underrated nuke. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too, man. Um... So 2016 odd is when you started playing the game. When did you get heavily, heavily into it? Um, I want to say the year of 2016. Uh, by the end of 2016, got competitive, but then fell off and took a year break. Uh, once I got settled in another state, I re-downloaded the game and... Uh, I'd say that's when I got more competitive. Um, by like late 2017, I think. I'm trying to remember because I, I, I came back to the game right before SLKR and Ray came out. And um, they came to the game and I, was, I joined back into my family guild, but then obviously left again. Um, I think 2017, late 2017 or... Yeah, late 2017, I think, when the SLKR right, came out. Yeah. 2017, 2018, I can't remember the year, but it was around that period. Yeah, I just haven't put the game down since. See, I feel bad because I got Jute and Fred to play the game because I was playing it, you know? And the way that I found it was I was uh, chilling on TikTok, scrolling, and I got an ad that said... Oh, no. Join now and get a free five-star Lord Vader. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, look at that face. Yeah, I, these ads are so stupid. I remember so it like dope, it was bro. yesterday. Join now and get a free five-star Lord Vader. And it was the Lord Vader twirling his lightsaber there menacingly. And I was like, sick. You know, I've seen ads for this before, but now they got Dark Side Anakin out here today. I'll give it a go. I'm gonna let him cook. Hopped in the game. They gave me what a three star Anakin Jedi Knight Anakin and a two star Ahsoka Tano. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And they gave me an in game message saying, gotcha. Two star gotcha. Gus Fring. And I'm like, what the hell am I meant to do with this, man? Those players from Anos. 
that ad is up there though i'm not gonna lie i actually enjoy the devious and the manipulation within that one <clears throat> the one that i know just like uh, frame the frame is the ad starts uh galaxy of heroes join now to uh and unlock gls right and it starts off with scav ray at like two star and then you get her to five star and she upgrades like a goddamn pokemon to jedi training ray mm -hmm. and then you get her to seven and boom she's fully evolved to a galactic legend i saw that wow. same one but with farm boy luke to oh, no. jedi knight luke into gl luke I saw the exact same one. I'm like, that's not how it works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> yeah, farm boy is supposed to be at the end of the evolution. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is. With his Omicron. Oh yeah, man. It's popping oh, up. Yeah. Um, and with Squiggo, Vancey, what was the first character that you quote unquote had to have? The very first, first character. Like, the first character I got, or the first character that, like, was like, like, this is, like, my, this is my path. That one. The path, it could be the first character that you wailed on. Um, I don't remember the first character I wailed on, because I think I even wailed when AP first came out, which is stupid. Like, that was a dumb decision. Uh, anyways, uh, I think the first character that, like, kind of started crafting... My identity, my profile in the game was probably Bosk. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever actually shared this story, but like, Bosk is the origins of how I became the bounty hunter guy or whatever people call me these days. Um, I did not, I was actually f full in, I was actually all in on First Order, um, Captain Phasma lead, and Jawas. Nice. Those were my first two meta teams. Like I loved Jawas. I thought I thought Jawas were so cool because they were the only team that can do um, um, reduce cooldowns and they can do bonus protection, which no team had bonus protection at the time. Which I was like, that's kind of nuts. Mm -hmm. And then um, I like Phasma just because the randomness of how many assists you can get. So it's like, just I don't know. I just thought Phasma was really good. Um, but when Boss came out, that is when they also reworked the Bounty Hunters. And when they did the contract system, I was like, I have to have Boss because his lead is nuts. Um, Bounty Hunters got reworked. I was all in. I thought they were so broken. I was like, this contract thing is endless possibilities because if we get more characters, we're going to get more contracts. And more contracts just means different avenues to get to the objective. So I like the fact that there's like a mini game inside the game like you have to get, get this goal get this contract and then you get these crazy bonuses um it reminded me a lot of at the time i was playing another mobile game called hearthstone and my favorite meta in hearthstone was um the quest decks so like a quest deck in hearthstone was like you had one card you always drew it the, your first turn and it was your quest and you'd always play it on your first turn and basically it's like a contract it's like if you played x amount of spells or destroyed x amount of minions you got an insane power boost and then you just overwhelmed your opponent so that came out the bounty hunter rework came out almost i almost like right when the quest decks came out in the hearthstone so i was like that's kind of a coincidence but um no, I, I just fell in love with Bounty Hunters ever since, and, you know, just really, uh, I really thought they were just a really badass faction. They are. They really are. They're sick. It's something that, I, dude, I, I will never understand them. I could, 
Vance, you could put out a video series like Bounty Hunters 101, Bounty Hunters 201, Bounty Hunters 303, Bounty Hunters 330 Diversity Course. I would never understand Bounty Hunters. I will never understand them. I just know hit them, hit them, hit them, do this, do that, burn them all, have fun, you know. Bounty Hunters are my have fun team, and my Bounty Hunters suck, so I feel you, bro. What about you, MJ? What was your favorite or first, like, gotta get that team going? I mean, there's literally three, but when it comes to passion, where it was like, I can say, like, I'm happy I spent an ungodly amount of money on and was still happy was Dark Trooper. I mean, it's definitely much cheaper to farm through the weekly shipments, you know, with the 4,000 for 50 crystal, uh, 50 shards. Um, but I, I pulled on one of those where it's a whale or fail. And at the end, I didn't fail. I was pure whaling. I got my Dark Trooper, took him instantly to R8. And then, you know, X amount of time later, CG was like, hey, uh, we're going to take him back to R5. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Everybody else got a nerf but Dark Trooper, so for that I'm thankful. He just got D relic, that's all. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Dark Trooper though, that's a shout. That's a nice unique shout. For me. My whole aspiration in this game has just been build characters that I like. Build the Skywalkers, this, that, the other. Um And of course I'm a I started playing what 2021 you know and here we are two years later bing chilling but for me the first character that i said ah if they ever bring out a cal kestis i gotta get it and i told the boys as soon as he's accelerated i'm stopping what i'm doing getting me a cal kestis because i never do the uh, i never do those one searches you kidding me they got to be accelerated for me to feel worth it you know but that's what I'm hyped for, to get Cal Kestis. But if, if that doesn't count, Jedi Knight Revan, for me, pound for pound, best character in the game, in my heart. In my heart. He's I know. good. He's good, man. He's a good one. I know he used to be great. I know he used to have a meta that was even before my time. No, he's still really good. He's still really good. When you, get the, good. when you get the other uh, Cal, dude, oh, man, it's like... And the other cow is basically like his cat. Mm -hmm. Like he makes Jedi Riven really, really good. He was my first relic and he literally carried my account until I got SLKR. Nice. Him, Bastila, Jolie, Grandmaster Yoda, and Anakin Skywalker is the fifth because I didn't build a Padme team yet. That team carried my account and was just the most fun. Um... So, big shout out to uh, Jedi Knight Revan. And that kind of brings us to the next topic, which is Knights of the Old Republic. Now, Squiggo right now is really the only game, Star Wars-wise, that is getting live content updates. Battlefront got essentially canned, canned um, with their final update. And... There's really nothing else, Star Wars-wise, that's getting live content. We keep getting nothing but story games with yeah. 
stuff announcements like, announcements of story games I yeah mean, the only game that we've been getting is uh the, the jedi Contest series games. yeah mm-hmm. do you think that they need to do something with kotor that enables it to become a multiplayer game um or even a, even just an, a co-op an online co-op game so you can invite a friend and he can ride along with you so i think i think um well because they're remaking kotor one mm-hmm. and i think what they could do honestly like um and this would be very simple i mean this is this is kind of like what a lot of older games used to do there's a lot of like single player games that like had the option of co-op but it doesn't change the story like it's like um you know like the cutscenes will still feature just one of you you know mm-hmm. um or, or whoever's player one kind of is like yeah. the main character so to speak um whoever's so the, think, the red one yeah 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 um the big brother yep but um i think kotor one could be co-op and i think i think if you do co-op just increase the difficulty or something like that but i think um i think that'd be a lot of fun um yeah. you know it, it's just um it's unfortunate how there's such a lack of Star Wars games because I feel like the golden age of Star Wars games was like the GameCube because you had the you had Rogue Squadron and Rogue Squadron one, two, and three. Well, one was on the N sixty four, but you had Rogue Squadrons two and three. Um, you had a Clone Wars game that was like a it's not canon or anything, but it was like a really crazy fun Clone Wars game. You had, I think, the Obi one game on the Xbox. You had Jedi Starfighter. Uh, the Django Fed game, not the best game, but, you know, still fun to play nonetheless. But um, You also had uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, like the live-action game. Yep. Battlefront 1. Battlefront 1 Lego two, Star yeah. Wars 1. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Jedi so, Knight Academy. So, yeah, know. there were so many games out then. It's like, and now we're getting, like, one or two games a year, and... I get, I get it that they're trying to focus on like these incredible stories and single player stuff, but a, the problem is a lot of these single player games don't carry a lot of replayability. Like mm-hmm. the replay value is really low, which isn't always true for single player games. I mean, like I'm a huge Resident Evil fan, and like I, I mean, the last one that came out, Resident Evil 4 Remake, like I probably have off the top of my head like at least 20 playthroughs. Like, and I'm, I'm a super fan. I'll admit, I'm a super fan. But like. A lot of these games, like, they just have replay value. Like, a lot of people that played the, the Cal Kestis games, like, I didn't get the second one. I didn't get, um, what is it, Jedi Survivor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get Jedi Survivor. And I watched people play it, and they're, like, once they played it, they're kind of done with it. Um, it. And even when I played the first game, I've only played the first one, uh, Fallen Order, twice. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think co op would be a lot of fun. Uh, I think there definitely needs to be more multiplayer games. It has um, to be. Star Wars, what was it? Uh, what was Squadrons? Squadrons was really fun when it came out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they did a really bad job at like uh, like providing good quality assurance support, whatever you want to call it, to the game. Because when the game launched, there was a lot of bugs with like the ranking system and the way you leveled up. So that was like a huge blunder to like the player base because everyone was really frustrated that like they couldn't unlock stuff even though they've already unlocked it. Mm-hmm. But it was a really fun game. I don't even know if it's still. I don't even know what the player. Um, Everyone that's on there is just their sweats. Like yeah, they're yeah. all max level sweats. It's kind of like Battlefront, but even to a more drip fed degree. Like there's yeah. maybe. I can I can try looking it up, but there's maybe less than hundred people worldwide on sense, each console. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I don't know. I wish they came. Like, I, I honestly don't care about single player stuff with Star Wars. Like, single player Star Wars games are fun, but I feel like we have so much of them. Like, it, it would be great if they just came out like, like a call. Of, like, because I think Call of Duty did this a couple times where like there were like there was no single player. It's just mm-hmm. multiplayer. Like, I think you can download like the Warzone mode for free. Um, it's like a battle royale. I'm like, how cool would that be to have a Star Wars battle royale? Which everyone tells me just play Fortnite because of all the skins they have. It's basically a Star Wars battle royale now. I'm like, that's true, but you can put skins on Star something. Wars. But yeah, I th- I think they missed the boat. EA missed the boat on a Star Wars BR, but I know why. It's because they have Apex, you know, and that's their baby. I mean, I don't think they missed the boat. I think I think they purposely wanted the rights to star wars because what was what was the, the original contract was like 10 or 11 years where they had the exclusive yeah, rights it, to only it, star it wars was games. a 10 year exclusivity contract so, i think the reason they did that was because they didn't want anyone else making star wars games mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like they didn't want their competitors profiting off something that they may or may not be interested in so they just bought the rights so their competitors don't make money and they would pump out a game every three or four years, and the games would be kind of subpar. Because Battlefront 1 came out. Battlefront 1 was okay. It wasn't that great. It was okay. Battlefront 2 came out. Campaign was very, very controversial. Um, the multiplayer sucked. That, that The fact that they had to rebuild the entire... Like, within the first the entire first year of that game's lifespan, they spent rebuilding the game. Mm-hmm. Which I can't believe they did because it's very rare to see a you know a developer reinvest in something they already invested in. So they rebuilt the game and they actually fixed it and made it you know what it should have been at launch. Unfortunately, you know they lost a whole year's worth of its uh, life lifetime on it. So, but yeah, no EA needs to. I hope other other developers start to make Star Wars games because EA just hasn't done Star Wars justice in my opinion. So I mean, as pretty as Battlefront, like Battlefront. The new ones, don't get me wrong, the prettiest looking games I've ever seen. But, you know, gameplay is kind of what's more important. Yeah, and there's no bigger Battlefront fan than me. I love the game to death. I I had to look it up to see if it was an Xbox or PlayStation, but I bought... I'm going to put it in chat for you guys, um, and then I'll put it on the screen for the video watchers. But I picked up... A special edition PlayStation 4 Pro just for Battlefront. I was so I remember, freaking I remember hyped that for one. It. Yep. And, and man, it was sick. I was so hyped for it. And once it came out, it was like there was a lot of controversy behind it, and I wasn't I wasn't looking into stuff back then. You know? I mean, do you remember that the game got banned in Hawaii? And Netherlands. Yeah, I had a because I had a Dutch the, because, friend because, that couldn't play because the, the game. gambling because the gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the governor of Hawaii was like he wanted to ban the game from uh, his state and everything was crazy. Yeah, and I I don't I don't blame anybody. I don't think gambling really has a has a place in gaming yet. The reason why I believe that we're in such a bad economy for Star Wars games is because. Companies are just trying to maximize in-app purchases, and that's all that they're trying yeah. to gain. Yeah, I, I, I think get I it. think the I think that if they had a bit, I think they're a bit more transparent with things. I think they would have been fine. Like like 
that's the funny thing is like if you notice like and i'm not gonna get political or anything on this but like if you look at like the mainstream media like a lot of people say like you know you can't trust this source you can't trust that source you can't trust this person but like <clears throat> you know you, um you you listen to people like alex jones um who clearly have an agenda who clearly have a side or, or you know um stephen crowder for example um and they're totally fine with these people because these people openly admit that they are more skewed this way versus that way but like at least they're telling you like you know they're transparent about it so it's like you know a lot of these news organizations won't will never say that you know they're, they're trying to be bipartisan and i feel like with with um with games when it comes to microtransactions if you just straight up tell people like hey by the way like there's gambling of all this game there's microtransactions if you're just straight up like honest with people i think it wouldn't have created such a problem but the fact that they try to market it as leveling up or acquiring gear um or you know loot boxes is the the popular term i think that's where it, it got them a lot of trouble mm -hmm. because it wasn't that at all yeah and it's i i was watching a youtuber talking about microtransactions and in games that are free to play sometimes people feel you know if they if they if you love a game you'll spend money on it that's kind of the the course of the gaming economy these days if you love a game you'll spend money on it and you will and not enjoy it more but you'll have more enjoyment with the game because uh, you will feel like okay my money's going towards something i love these days there's nothing really that i've fell in love with game wise that i would feel happy enough to shell out you know tons of money on games i haven't picked up these light speed bundles were the first in-app purchases of mine in the past like two years because I used to just, I used to have an in-app purchase problem. Um, so nowadays, I don't spend on any game, let alone on games that I don't love. And I know with my buddies, with a bunch of other people, like, they'll spend money on games that they just pick up, only for them to ditch two weeks later. And that's what I fear for the gaming economy, especially the Star Wars game economy. Um, luckily we are in an age of nothing but story games, but when the eventual MMO or multiplayer game comes around for Star Wars, I'm afraid that it might get riddled with these microtransactions, you know? Oh, I mean, it's going to be there, but I, th I don't think microtransactions are as bad as they used to be. I think a lot of microtransactions nowadays are... Like, you have some that are, like, pay to win, right? Mm -hmm. Like, some, like, you know, I, I like to call those skips because they, like, let you skip, like, in a battle pass, let you skip the first, like, 10, 20 levels, whatever, and not a big deal. Um, but most microtransactions these days are cosmetic-based. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm totally okay with, like, if you want to buy a different color Stormtrooper helmet, that's fine. I really don't care. Yeah it'd be cool in in games you know to allow for customization more than yeah. like getting better gear getting better stuff better this and that like if squiggo put into the game that you could switch skins on tunes I'd, I'd look into that because the whole thing that's putting me off on GL Luke is that it's old man Luke. 
you know i'd love for it to be jedi like if jedi knight luke and old man luke just traded appearances i would have already had both of them by now but the issue is i just have such a problem with how they handled his character that he's not like a last priority because i will get him but like luke skywalker is one of my favorite characters and cls is my best luke on my account right now um go for farm boy uh, i know i know i know i gots to but i just hope that in the future we get more multiplayer star wars games at least a co-op you know that's yeah so out outlaws star wars outlaws if that game doesn't have online multiplayer functionality or some kind of co-op um i might skip on it it does like, not I, I, have they confirmed that yes Wow. I'll pull it up just to make sure. Another missed opportunity. Um, Because yeah. they haven't said whether or not I think it's going to have multiplayer, but if it's not, then then yeah, I'm probably just going to skip on it because I'm like, like I, I don't, I just want to play a Star Wars game with my friends and it's like, I don't know why that's such taboo nowadays, you know? It's like... Yeah, uh, Star Wars Outlaws will strictly be a single player game. Then yeah, and probably I, not gonna get it then. I know, uh, I know why. It's because they're making games now be canonical. I think they need to just get I mean, out like, of the it, state of Al mind. Star Wars, Star Wars Outlaws, yeah, Battlefront Three, Kotor Three. I mean, Star Wars Outlaws reminds me so much of Red Dead Redemption, and that was such a fun co-op multiplayer experience and i'm like i just don't understand why when they but, announced you know... outlaws i thought holistically that they would have an online mode where you can design any character that you want any bounty hunter scoundrel that you want customizable ships this that the other yeah. and it's they another item and they didn't <laughs> and it's like you why has no one made a GTA but set in the Star Wars universe? Hey, that's what that's kind of what it looks like. It looks there's a lot of there's a lot of GTA elements that are in Outlaws, but unfortunately, they missed the biggest one, which is multiplayer. Now, this isn't to say GTA started as just multiplayer. What if Outlaws 2 becomes like you get the story, but you also get the online? Uh, I don't want to wait another 7 years, but you know, I know, I know. We're getting old. Yeah. We're getting old. MJ's getting old. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know why they just hate multiplayer so much. I mean I don't know why they I hate mean, customization. Like create your own fucking character. Forcing us to I a lot Jedi of Jedi Knight Academy remastered. A lot of people <laughs> have an issue that you have to play as a girl. I don't care if you're playing as a girl, an alien, a dude, whatever. I just want the chance, even in Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, they took out character customization. Yeah, yeah, they did. And there's also no co-op in it either. And there's no online co-op. Like, There's no online period. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm like, big missed opportunity there. I can't play this game with my friends? This big-ass open-world game? Like, you're missing, yeah. the fuck, you're missing the mark. But Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, would you guys like to jump to the mailbag segment? 
and save the rest yeah. of the stuff for next week. We could totally yeah, do, let's that. do that. Let's do um, that. Let's totally do that. I'll kick us off here. As there are three of us. We have this organized in a spreadsheet, y'all. So I'll kick us yeah. off. Um, and our first question is a write-in from Michael in Santa Clara, California. What do you think is... I think he meant who. Who do you think is the most underrated character in the original Star Wars trilogy, episodes four to six, and why? Good question. Most underrated character. So I think immediately the big four would be off. Vader would be off. Yeah. Palpatine would have to be off. And Boba would have to be off because Boba is kind of like everyone's most underrated character. So beyond those, man, it's tricky. I mean, I have my I press. I, I have there. I have an idea. What are you thinking, MJ? Lando for me. Okay. How you doing, you old pirates? So good <laughs> to see you. You know? I mean, there's so much vibe with Lando and Billy D. Williams that you just kind of want more in the tri- in the original trilogy, but you don't get it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's scripted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, luckily I we, get, we get Lando mm-hmm. in every new thing that comes out now, though. So what about you, Vincio? Yeah. Wedge. Wedge? You know what's crazy? I was going to say Biggs, bro. I was going to say Biggs. Wedge because to think about what he's done, he's fought in two Death Star battles and has survived. Mm -hmm. Not many people have done that. Um, And he's just Luke's wingman. He's Luke's wingman. He was there on, you know, the Death Star battle, you know, first Death Star, second Death Star. He was there in the battle Hoth. Hooked him up with Mara. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the, uh, well, that's not in the original trilogy, but yes, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, Wedge is like, Wedge is a, um, he is a passive background character, but like, when you look at his rap sheets, like, dude, he's, he's been there, like, if, if Luke was there, he was there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a character that doesn't get a whole lot of lines or a whole lot of screenplay, like, I feel like Wedge was always like, like, even, like, like he's Luke's wingman, and I think that that's all. That's some pretty big shoes to fill. I'm gonna go opposite end of the spectrum. You know, you both picked rebels. MJ picked the scoundrel. I'm gonna pick Grand Moff Tarkin. I think another good one. Yeah, I think he exemplifies just the ultimate face of superiority and this this the exaggerated swagger that he has with his character um unreal and the fact that he was doing it all wearing some slippers is crazy to me he's the only man who can literally say one swift stroke and not mean in in a perverted way it's intimidation and he kept vader in his place you know when andy bobani was getting a little choke happy missing padme a little bit Put him down. <laughs> Vader, release him. As you wish. It's not Padme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Padme, you big robot. <laughs> yeah, Tarkin for me, though, man. He was sick. 
I loved yeah, him in uh, Rogue One as well, if you count that. And I mean, I mean, literally, Peter Cushing created a legacy for the character. Yeah. He only did it once, and yeah, he's only in one movie. He's only in one movie, and they have re you know they've reused him in Rogue One. They use him in the animated shows. They put him in Clone Wars, where you see a younger version of him. He's and in the Revenge actor, of the Sith. He's yep, he's he's. Isn't although Revenge of the Sith, if you if you look at the behind the scenes, dude, like oh my god, like thank God it was a far away shot because yeah. if you see his face, it looks like a Halloween mask. It was bad, <laughs> so it worked. It worked in a far away shot, but um. But just the but aura yeah. of Tarkin, man, I felt like you yeah. feel it every time he comes on the screen. Just this little guy getting followed followed along by Vader, but he just walks like he's pissed off, like someone put salt in his sugar when he was mixing his coffee. Yep. Love me some so, Tarkin. Yeah. Love me some Tarkin. You got the next question, MJ? Not MJ, Van Seal. Sorry. I got myself out yeah. of place. So we got Sarah from Orlando, Florida, as they would say. Florida. Florida. Uh, if you could pilot any starship in the Star Wars universe, which one would it be and why? Millennium Falcon, X-Wing, Slave 1, or something else? Ooh, so now, now, now we're branching out of the movies. This is Star Wars universe. If yeah. there's a ship I could pilot outside of the Star in the universe of Star Wars, what would it be? Ooh, um, that's a good question. I think if I was gonna pilot a ship, I think you, I would go to the Old Republic, and I would pilot the. Uh, the sith um agent or the sith uh yeah the sith agent ship so that ship is basically the aston martin of star wars ships it is it looks like a nabu starfighter because all chrome but like it is it's it's a little bit bigger it's like a cruise ship but it's like it is sleek it is clean looking it is super nice on the inside i mean high-end furniture high-end everything i think there's an even a butler droid that comes built with the ship um That's that would sick. be my ship that is a really really nice one i forget what it's called um i'm gonna look it up right now while they give their answers do you have yours mj um uh, mine's definitely gotta be the end one yeah definitely mando's modified one or just the og rolls royce the yellow the yellow yeah. rolls for sure 100 the funny thing is right um I just got back from Scotland not too long ago, and on nice. my way back from Scotland, <laughs> we were literally, I'll tune this up so you guys can see it too, we are literally flying in, oh, you're not going to be able to see that, hold up, um, you're going to see this, god damn it, don't know if you can see it, but we were literally flying in a Rolls Royce plane. And it was, it was so tight. Oh, maybe it's too bright. Let's turn it down. There we go. Too shallow. Okay, a little bit. Put it in the middle. Wow. Yeah, we're literally flying in a Rolls Out Royce plane. looking like a fucking a cinematic from The Last Jedi. And, oh my god, we had this neek on the plane that got out. He got out of the plane when we, uh, when we landed or when we were doing our connection. He got out, stands next to it like this. It's like, what are you doing, dude? You don't own it. Why are you flaunting it? But for me, man, ah, oh, it's tricky. 
it's tricky. I don't want to say the N1 because I said that earlier. Um, but the... well, you're thinking I, I looked up my ship, so the, the, okay. it's called the X70B Phantom Class prototype. The Phantom um, classes were sick. The Phantom, the X70B Phantom Class, and I mean it is like a clean. It looks like it's from Camino. Like that's how clean it looks, but it it's clearly not. But it just looks clean as hell. It looks like Padme ship a little bit. Yeah, it does look bit. like it's from Naboo, but um, like it's just it's just a nice ship, man. And the interior is like really, really clean, really nice. It's got a lot of different rooms and cabins. But yeah, stealth is its uh is its uh specialty, I guess. So. I have a real answer and a joke answer. The joke answer would be the Republic dropship, the clone dropship, just to see if they were actually playing Fortunate Son on loop, you know? But the actual answer would be the uh, the TIE Space Superiority Fighter, which is Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter. It was the fastest TIE Fighter ever built. And which 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 one is which Kylo Ren is it the Tie Silencer or the Tie Whisperer? The I believe it's the Sorry, the Tie Whisperer. I think it's the Silencer. This one would be. Let's see. It's, if it if it's got the red cabin that looks like an interceptor, it's that's the it's Silencer. Whisperer. Yeah. It's the Silencer. Okay. Yeah. The one from Battlefront 2, right? Yep. It was the okay. fastest TIE fighter ever assembled. And it was big enough that he could do calisthenics. He could, what does that word mean? Like he could stretch out. He didn't have to be all cramped up. I was going to say it one was... of the Jedi Starfighters. Yeah. Oh, like not like an N1, you mean? Correct. Like, 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 like the normal TIE fighters, you couldn't really... You could sit there... You can probably recline the seat, and that's about it. But his was—it's a little bigger. I love me some um, some Trilla ship too. You know, that was the interceptor. interceptor? Yeah, yeah, that was what his ship. That was like the blueprints that they used to build his ship with a more advanced engine, which is very cool. And her ship was only given to her because she killed another inquisitor and was awarded that ship which was pretty tight love me some trilla love me some fallen order fallen order over survivor any day i agreed the next one we have david from boston and he asks with the emergence of the prequel trilogy how did it impact the perception of the original trilogy's characters and events? Did it enhance or detract from the overall story? That's a solid question. Because I think we're all prequel trilogy cats. Yes. We all grew up with it. That's where we grew. Um, for me, Anakin was Anakin before he was Vader. You know, I don't think I watched episodes four, five, and six until I had seen one, two, and three. Just so, I 
I watched I watched the original trilogy before because they re-released them in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So I watched them on VHS. So for me, when the prequels came out, it kind of just added more to the Star Wars fandom because it was like it was kind of like um, I mean this is a simple analogy, but it was kind of like a, a connect the dots moment. It was yeah, like okay. oh. This is what Obi-Wan was like. Oh, this is what Darth Vader was like before he was Darth Vader. I wonder how we're going to get from point A to point B kind of a thing. So it just added more. I don't think it really detracted from anything. Um, I think the only thing that got detracted was um, Jedi and lightsabers. And this is kind of a weird one, maybe a hot take. But like for me, you know, the original trilogy, it's like Luke, Darth Vader, like these ancient almost extinct fighters with these crazy weapons that nobody else has everyone's shooting blasters and when you go to the prequels there's like literally hundreds and thousands of lightsabers and jedi and you're just kind of like oh <laughs> i guess they're not so special after all <laughs> even the kids have them it's like yeah. kids have them. i love the i that's the kind of stuff that i like um the cool thing i was able to do was my my missus, my girlfriend, she never watched Star Wars ever. And I decided, well, let's watch it together. One, two, one, episodes one through nine. And she knew what Darth Vader was, but she never knew it was Anakin. So at the end of Revenge of the Sith, she just sat there in like dead silence, and she's astonished. She's like, I didn't know. She whispered it to me. I didn't know. Darth Vader was Anakin. That's so sad. Yeah, dude. And I was like, damn, to watch this for the first time again, I would pay a million dollars. Genuinely. Because to to be able to have that organic reaction, man. Because I, I knew of Vader. Didn't necessarily know it was going to be Anakin until like episode two came out with all the merchandise and they were putting Anakin with Vader. And then I think it got spoiled along the way. I don't necessarily remember. It's kind of like finding out when uh, Santa Claus isn't real, but I found that the prequels added so much to the originals because it just gives you context, you know? And you know what's funny too is like um in as you know when i was growing growing up you know i grew up with the prequels like uh the one thing that like and this is kind of this might be a little weird but like the one thing i was more into because like i kind of already knew like i know anakin's gonna be darth vader like i didn't really care so much about the journey because i was you know so young i was just more interested in like what are the new walkers gonna look like <laughs> what are the new troopers gonna look like because that was like my big thing i was like i i loved like like oh man like i hate the clone wars walkers they're not as tall there's and they got six legs that's so weird but then it's like oh now i appreciate like you know all the different vehicles and stuff so i mean star wars does repeat itself quite a bit but like when you have different eras like it's really cool to see like that technology or that type of weaponry like reflect on its time period i guess so that was that was something that i was always looking into like like what are the new designs they're coming up with the new troopers oh god thank god they uh, fixed clones, man, because clones phase one, dude, they look bad. I don't know what it was about phase one armor, but like the 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 little little dots they had on their chest to signify their ranking, and the, then the the droids too. The battle droids in episode one were awful. 
-hmm. So thank God they fixed Battle Droids and Clones because their first rendition, their first batch was not good. Not good at all. Might even call it a bad batch. <laughs> Love me some bad batch, man. Great show. Yeah, the next one, uh, Van Seal. Yeah, so we got Emma from Macon, Georgia, right? Macon. Macon. Yeah, shout out to The Walking Dead. Oh, oh, duh. Okay, I'm sorry, I never finished it, so, but yeah. Uh, which non-human force-sensitive, very specific, which non-human force-sensitive character do you find most intriguing and why? Uh... Do you want to kick that one off, MJ? I might need some time to think about it. Uh, I mean... Yeah, so my favorite, um, he's unfortunately not canon, has to be Dasam from the old Jedi Knight Academy games. He that was, overgrown monkey lizard? He, yes, the <laughs> overgrown monkey lizard was absolutely phenomenal. He had this godlike voice that like was like James Earl Jones's like he had a great brother. voice yeah like, he had a really good voice like actor James Earl Jones's half brother like his voice yep. was it was so great dude like you can just envision I don't know what exactly envision but it's just a great voice like um and it would yeah what intrigued me the most was like he's this monkey lizard thing like he's a dinosaur looking he's like a um uh, what are they? Um, not the big dinosaurs. The the small, the Velociraptor. He looked like a Velociraptor with legs. Mm -hmm. He looked like he came straight out of a Turok game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I've only no, ever seen cool, gameplay cool. of that game, but I do want to eventually he, play it. He was he was very cool. Um, that's a good one. I think uh, non-human. I I mean. Non-human force sensitive, uh, a character that intrigues me. I went into two, and I can't decide which one. But um, I really like Seventh Sister, and I really like Talon, uh, just because they're they're hot. That's it. That's my answer. Don't lie, bro. You think the Ninth Sister's bad as fuck? I have a I have a thing about women, and I, I typically when I like women, I like them to have both of their feet. So that's kind of the the the, the deal breaker with my ah, sister. Ah, so Vanseal likes feet. Confirmed. W. War. I just like two feet. I like two feet. She <laughs> likes both feet. Nice. All right. Uh, my favorite non-human is a uh, Plocoon. Anyways, next question, John, from Naperville, Illinois. What is your favorite? What if? from the canon of star wars okay hypotheticals um favorite favorite non-canon um from the canon oh from the canon oh i misread that oh, okay. yeah from the canon of star wars what if um i i okay so okay this is something i wish we had I wish instead of Luke and Vader fighting each other in Return of the Jedi, they fight each other, but then they both fight Palpatine together. I wish we'd have had that. I, I mean, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with Luke getting his ass kicked by Palpatine because he technically never defeated Palpatine. Vader did because he brings Battles of the Force, the prophecy, if you still believe that. But, you know, 
there was a Lego Star Wars game that did that, where like you literally have Vader and Luke, you control both characters Original saga. fighting. Or uh, the complete saga. I don't know if it was the, it was the complete saga. I think yeah. yeah so yeah. it was like one of the later, and it was like, oh, this is different. And then when I was playing it, I was like, dude, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like seeing like Luke and Vader team up to fight Palpatine, I was like, this is badass. I mean, it's Legos, so it doesn't, you know, but. Just the idea of it. I, I wish we would have had that. I'm trying to, like, fan fiction in my head how that would go. I think... I think Vader would have to have lost his lightsaber in the battle. and Or his hand. Whatever. And while Luke is on the ground, you know, he chucks his lightsaber says... No, your highness, you failed. I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. I think neener, neener, neener. Annie Bobani gets Luke's lightsaber, ignites it, and goes at it with the Emperor. That'd be fucking tight. John Williams behind it, bro. Bringing a brand new score, brand new music to it, too. Getting goosebumps yeah. just thinking about it, man. But that's a sick one. However you go about it. And then have some royal guards come in to protect the Emperor at the same time, kind of swarm in Luke and Vader. I think that would have been an epic fight. Kind of like The Last Jedi. Yeah, just, you know, with Snoke not dying, basically. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much like kind of like that same similar scenario, but yeah. I'm watching... I'm going on a, a binge tonight, all three. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what about you, MJ? I'm curious... Um, I think my biggest what if is, um, I said this as a meme in the past, but I kind of want to run with it and see what other people say. Um, what if Obi-Wan was the father of Luke and Leia? Luke and Leia. <laughs> oh, it makes sense for why they're short. And then, uh, I'd feel bad about Anakin cause he'd be very confused. Yeah. Like, what, what? He'd be very confused. He would think he's the father the whole time. Wait, so, so I did all this for nothing? Wait, yeah. so I've been paying my best friend's child support friend the whole time? What? Huh? Dude, uh, you you cut my dick off. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. If Obi-Wan was the father, they would make sense why he's watching over Luke. Uh, like it would yeah. add up not that it doesn't make sense but it would make sense no you're not my kids I just care about you <laughs> oh how I wish I was your father Leia that one scene <laughs> where she looks up where Leia looks at him are you my dad he just goes no how I wish I was let have you ever heard about Padme Amidala? <laughs> she had the tightest body in the galaxy. And she was a good senator. And a good That's friend. <laughs> My favorite what if from the canon of Star Wars would be what if Padme survived childbirth? What the fuck happens then? Single mother. She's, she's been kid. chilling. She's been chilling in Puerto Rico, just does living she, that single mom life. Does she go into hiding? Does she try and get a hold of Anakin? 
So I think I think she still dumps Luke on Tatooine. Yeah. I think she just says like she's like, definitely like, a girl screw, mom. Screw screw the idiot, and then she just becomes like a soccer mom with Leia. Yeah, I have to agree. It makes sense. Dump the dump the boy on the sand planet with yeah. his family, and uh, hope to God we don't get caught by the ops, the Empire, <laughs> running. I know. I just here's another one, man. This 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 irks in my craw. Why the fuck didn't the Larses just adopt Luke? They made it adamant. We are your uncle and aunt. You are our nephew. You are no Lars of ours. You are Luke Skywalker, goddammit. But on the flip side, the Organas accept Leia with open arms. What the fuck, man? Well, because... Luke wasn't trying to hide because no one was looking for Luke. I mean, technically, no one was looking for Leia, but I think Leia was more in the spotlight. Um, you know, being the daughter of an imperial senator, it's like you kind of have to like give her a new name, I guess. I know, um, but they literally had Luke from day one of his existence, and they refused. They refused okay. to They're just, just like, adopt here, him. Start, start digging. Yeah. I can imagine the large. What are we doing out here, Uncle? Uncle, Owen? we're looking birthday. for lightsabers in the ground. Start digging. They're out here somewhere. Every birthday, the Lars family just looks at Luke as he's eating his cake with a glass of blue milk. You're, You're no, no Lars of ours. You're no <laughs> Lars of ours. Well, that's too damn bad. Start digging. It's always just bothered me. It's always bothered me. It's never sad. I want to ask George. If I could ask George one question. Hey. All of it aside. In universe. Why didn't they like the kid? You know? Was he was he too short? Well, he's too short for a stormtrooper. So he's too short to be a Lars <laughs> probably. Say that, to, right. say that to Klieg, who had one leg. He would not be a guy for you, Van Seal. <laughs> yeah, I just think the Lars, uh, like, raised Luke with, like, a burning uh, hatred. You know what I mean? Like, he and that's why they were so grumpy at Obi-Wan the whole time. Like, Yeah, they, they just dropped him off. He just dropped him off and was just like, you know. We're just trying to watch our pod racing, and he brought a baby. And it was like they didn't even have a choice. They didn't even talk about it. They were just like, oh, okay. He probably did All a right. mind trick on him. Yeah, that too. Deleted scene. We'll never know. Yeah. This he is your out. nephew. <laughs> this is your nephew. That's why he's no laws of laws. That makes sense. <laughs> there he answers my question. Oh, so. Next, we got Brett from Austin, Texas. If you can visit any planet from the Star Wars universe, whether from the movies or expanding universe, where would you go and what would you do there? Um, ooh, that's a good one. I think I, well, there's so many planets from the expanded universe I'd want to visit. If I had to pick one, um, this is going to get dark. If I'd go to one place, I would go to Oricon. Okay, from buddy. The old, from the old Republic. <laughs> I, I don't know if I know that planet. Yeah. It's basically hell. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it as like the nether realm from like... If Hulk Mustafar right, was Minecraft right. and you popped into a nether portal, that's where you're yeah. going. Gotcha. Yeah, so I would go to Oricon and I would... Uh, 
I would approach the Dreadmaster Fortress, <laughs> and I would probably uh, ask if they're looking for another member. <laughs> hey, you hiring? Pretty much. Here's, pretty much. Here's my LinkedIn. Yeah. My resume. Yeah, I would. I would go there because that planet is that planet is crazy. Like, there's not a whole lot of Star Wars planets that are just like, <laughs> like. Like, like, I think for I think the craziest Star Wars planet for like most people that watch like the shows and the movies is probably Dathomir. Oricon is Dathomir on steroids. Right. This place is just like, like things just die there, and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, it is not. It is. It is not a place you can live. <laughs> it's pretty gas. It's pretty cool. What about you, MJ? I mean, I'm still really deciding. I mean, there is a lot of planets. Out I've got there. a, I've got a few. You think about it. Um, right. My boy Ziskeg, old member of the pod, he would easily say, uh, probably Shili, because that's the uh, Tagruda homeworld, and he has a thing about their. Uh... <laughs> he has a thing about Tagrudas. Um, Juder would probably say Ryloth. Home of the Twi'leks. Jewish got a thing about Twi'leks. Um, me, an intellectual, I'd probably pick like, <laughs> probably pick Coruscant or Naboo. Yeah, I think I'm landing on Coruscant. I'll pick Naboo just because it's it's Italy and it's beautiful. Yeah. And I hope to honeymoon there. So, yeah, Naboo. Plus, they have a rich plasma industry that's untapped. You know, I could. This man just wants an M1 Starfighter. Let's keep it up. <laughs> hey, bro, don't tell He's him. He's going to work his way into the ranks of the militia. Yeah. Don't tell like, him, man. Be like, thur, yeah, thur. On my first day, just take off. I'm out of here. <laughs> AWOL, man. I'm my Sabine Ren grind. So you'd pick Coruscant, MJ. Are we talking, uh. Are we talking AP Gains Underworld or. <laughs> are we talking like I want to say above on the, the Kyber above Club the Kyber Club for sure okay I could see Try you as a senator either a senator or make my way as a failed apprentice Jedi in the terms of <laughs> you could no you could be one of those Jedi that enters into like the uh, the, the work trade so you become like a gardener I bet you honestly you can probably just throw on some robes Walk in, they'll never even notice. <laughs> they'll never even notice. They'll never even notice. Just wave, smile. How just, do you, you know, do? Hold a flashlight on your belt yeah. if you have to, and just no one's gonna notice, man. No one's gonna notice. You see anyone checking checking IDs at the door? No, oh, I'm a really? I'm an exchange student. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bandon. Uh, yeah, my name's Dart. I mean, Bandon. <laughs> name's Bandon. Just Bandon. This is my first. This is my first time in person. All my classes have been online so far. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. When the online student shows up to campus, <laughs> where's the lightsaber building class at? Yeah. <laughs> That's that'd be fucking that'd be a hilarious sketch, whether it's like Robot Chicken or just a fan film. Online Jedi class shows up in person, bro. That'd be hilarious, man. Can you imagine Yoda trying to instruct a Zoom class, bro? Like, how do I mute this thing? <laughs> Listen, you must. Yaddle, chill. <laughs> 
Next question we have from <laughs> Daniel in Scotland, War of Scotland. Uh, what is your favorite lightsaber duel from episodes one to three, and why do you love it? Can I have two? Yeah. All right. And I'm well, gonna, I'll probably include Clone Wars on this because mine's in Clone Wars. I think we're all gonna say the same ones then. Interesting, interesting for sure. Mine's both live action. Mine is, without a doubt, uh, Phantom Menace: Duel of the Fates mm -hmm. with that wonderful score and the introduction of Maul, and then the emotional trauma that came with uh, Battle of the Heroes. That score as well in Episode Three with Andy versus Obi. Mm-hmm. That one is the goat. It's the goat. I would say it's question, the best one. The question on the question, lightsaber duel. Um, could it just be a lightsaber a fight that involves lightsabers, or does it have to be lightsaber v lightsaber? Give a give an answer for both. Okay. I think I think it would. Yeah, I think it would be more so towards duel lightsaber v lightsaber. Okay. Well, yeah. technically, okay, okay. Actually, no. My actually no. My my the one I'm thinking of actually turns into a duel for a brief moment. Um, so. I agree with MJ, uh, you know, the Phantom Menace would have been my answer, but um, a fight that really stands out to me, and there's not a whole lot of fights in the Clone Wars that really stand out to me, because it's animation, and the fights are usually very flashy and very fast, but there's one fight that I've always appreciated because it is so different from any other fight you get from the movies and the rest of the Clone Wars, and that is, I think it's in Season 2 or 3, I can't remember, but it is the fight between Cad Bane, Obi-Wan, and Quinlan Voss. And it is a really interesting fight because it shows how people like like there are these expert bounty hunters, expert mercenaries that know how to deal with Jedi mm -hmm. and deal with multiple Jedi. Quinlan Voss was pretty skilled. Obi Wan, we all know, is Obi Wan, um, and <laughs> somehow Cad Bane is able to disarm Obi Wan. Um, while well he's he, Obi-Wan's using uh, Quinlan Voss's saber and Obi-Wan's because like Quinlan like loses it in the fight and Cad Bane just walks up and takes it out of his hands and then they have they start fighting each other and I'm just like that it just blew my mind I was like dude like, like what like why are you guys struggling like he's already lost one of his blasters he's already lost like one of his like little jetpacks on his boots whatever or his thrusters whatever I'm like and you still can't get him Mm -hmm. um, it's a short segment it's a short series but and there's some really cool dialogue that leads up to the fight like they're kind of like you know they're trying to like Cad Bane's trying to be neutral and everything like well you know let's just like let's just forget about that we saw each other and then they're like you know what actually Fuck nah it. we're gonna fight yep. <laughs> so that one I really like just because it, it it's just different and I think it just shows that like sometimes the Jedi can really you know just because they have a lightsaber they think that they're like the best thing ever and it's like you know sometimes i think that that gets their heads mm -hmm. what would your other one be um i think my other one would have to be luke versus vader in episode five oh, I do just because just because um there's not so much like in terms of theatrics or like the fight isn't anything special, but I think it's the emotions in the fight because there is such a build up to, you know, we finally get to see the main character take on the main villain because you don't see that in the first film. 
um, and you see Luke has been training, and it kind of reminds me a lot of like um, the Karate Kid, you know, when he first, when he loses his first fight. So it's like, you know, he's been training, and so is Luke, but he's not good enough. Mm-hmm. He's still not good enough. He has to be better. Like, like, like there are. I think it's really cool to see. Uh, the hero lose from time to time because it shows you that they still have room to grow. Like they're not just a super power that's always going to win. Um, and obviously, the, strong the, with you, young Skywalker. But and you the conversation between Vader and Luke, I think, really is like I think everyone can recite those lines. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I really and, and you know, it's really, the one. I'll, this is the last thing I'll say about the fight. The one thing that really is interesting is the fight kind of drags out quite a bit. Um, to the point where, you know, Luke Luke does get the upper hand in the beginning of the fight, but you can tell he runs out of gas real quick, mm-hmm. and Vader's like not even like struggling, and then the fight like quickly turns to so Vader is just like getting the upper hand, like completely just like every move that Vader makes is like Luke has no room to do anything, he has no options. Luke always like um, Luke is like always walking back. And like the last like minute of the fight like he is retreating but he has nowhere to retreat to Mm-mm. so it does give you this sense of like how the heck is he going to pull this off something bad is about to happen which you know he ends up losing his hand so yeah and like that fight for me was huge because it symbolizes like how bad darth vader really is that luke would rather fall and plummet to his death than join his father and become what his father is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a sick one. for My picks, I'll pick a live action and a, a uh, Clone Wars one. Clone Wars, I think Van Seal thought I was going to pick the Maul Ahsoka one. I did. <laughs> I'm actually g- picking... In Clone Wars, you got to see a lot of Mandalorians, right? And you got to see... What's his name? What was his name? What was his name? Previsla? Previsla against Obi-Wan Kenobi. He throws Obi-Wan his lightsaber and says, let's get it on. And that was the first time I'd ever seen the Darksaber anywhere. And it made me just fall in love with Mandalorian culture, you know? And want to learn more about it. And the Mandalorians were part of the reason why I got so into Star Wars. Because that was my first like deep dive into the lore of Star Wars. Um, so when that episode came out, as soon as it ended, I was hopping on to Google. And trying to find out as much about Mandalorians as possible. Because I obviously knew about it because of Jango Fett. You can mm-hmm. connect the lines, the dots with Boba Fett. Um, but once you, like, get that added explanation, like, about Mandalorian history, this, that, the other, then I dove into the Jango Fett book, and it's just like, damn, like, this is Mandalorian culture sick. So that fight scene for me, it's not the best fight scene, but they fight for a, a solid couple of minutes until he ultimately says fucking someone else get him um but then live action similarly to episode five mine is vader luke episode six because 
Vader is simply just toying with him and he he won't kill Luke. So he's kind of pulling a Balin Skull type beat where he's just defending. He's defending the entire fight and ultimately he gets gassed. And then Luke has the upper hand because he starts tapping into the dark side a little bit until Luke realizes, oh shit, like this is what I swore not to do and I'm doing it. And psychologically, I think it's the best Star Wars duel that there is. Um, and I just love it. Just love it. So you both have listed like uh, an animated duel, and I haven't. Um, so, I mean, for an animated duel between one to three, um, to be fair, mine has to be the 2D movie of the Clone Wars with Anakin versus Ventress. I was going to say, yeah, that's solid. Ventress always had good fights. I was going to say Obi-Wan versus Ventress with Anakin on the ship where she literally had both of them up in a force choke yep. before she got sabotaged, you know? Yeah. Like she was on top in that fight for... A good amount of it. Ventress was sick. Ventress was yeah, sick. No, the movie had you thinking like Anakin killed her because like they were on top of like a, a temple in like an Aztec forest, and he tapped into the dark side and just launched her. Not launched her, but like he did. You know the Luke, uh, the the iconic Luke move that's also Anakin's. You know the lightsaber spam just mm -hmm. down forward. But he did that to her and just he did his forward heavy. Her. Three yeah, times. the forward heavy, <laughs> and he like broke the uh, like the cliff of the temple at the top and just sent her like just down into like an abyss. Mm -hmm. I, that whole their whole um, beef arc that they have going on is just splendid as well. You know, it's similar to uh, Maul and Obi Wan. I think. Yeah, it's a good rivalry. It's apprentice versus apprentice. Mm -hmm. The next question comes in from Jessica in Edmonds, Washington. I was actually born there, so that was pretty cool. Um, what do you think was the most significant contribution or legacy of the Star Wars original trilogy to the world of cinema and pop culture? I think we kind of touched upon that with ILM. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, um, I think, um, one of the biggest things that Star Wars has done and George Lucas has talked about is, you know, you hire, you need to look for the character, not the actor. Yeah. Um, one of one of the biggest things that Lucas was doing is when he was casting his crew, um, he didn't want actors that were going to be like, you know, recognized as the actor, not, you know, who they're portraying because it, it, it takes away from the experience. So he kind of breaks the rule a little bit in the prequels because, you know, Samuel Jackson shows up. But, you know, that's he has a much smaller role compared to, you know, Anakin, Obi-Wan. And um, Natalie Portman wasn't as big, but, you know, she still was. She did a couple things. She, she um, and, you know, um, same thing goes with Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher. Harrison Ford did uh, American Graffiti before. Um but you know, I think I think uh, I look at like, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. I think Mace Windu. Yeah, I think it depends on if you're like a, a Marvel fan. You might think, oh, Nick Fury, but but I mean, he did he did uh he did um you know the Tarantino stuff before. Yeah, um, he's done he's done all sorts of stuff, and and he Tons was also stuff. doing movies at the time too of mm -hmm. the prequels. So, Lucas um, only acquired three A-list actors, in my opinion. That's Dooku, 
Liam Neeson and Mates. Those Peter are Peter Cushing was pretty big. Yeah. Tarkin, Peter, yeah, Cush, Peter Cushing was big back in the day. I mean, uh, everyone else though was just like a low level, brand new, not even in the Screen Actors B Guild. Be a tier actor list, yeah. Yeah, fresh out of college. That's why I love the casting for the pre or for the sequels, because other than like Oscar Isaac's, who's been a bunch of like no name stuff, Daisy Ridley was fresh out of acting school. Um... Finn was fresh out of acting school. Forgot his name. John Boyega. Adam and... Driver only did a couple things. Like, I know he was doing the show Girls um, before, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Wasn't widely known. And that's why I think Star Wars is the best IP because they literally, like you said, Vansfield, they cast characters, not actors. That's why I don't want to see Jack Black or Lizzo in my Mandalorian. Not because right. I don't want to see them. I don't, but... That's not why. I, they take away and they detract. I shouldn't come out yeah, of that episode no. thinking, yeah. oh, Lizzo was in that. Yeah. I shouldn't. Even Christopher Lloyd, it's like, are we going back in time now? Like, what's going mm -hmm. on here? And you have to remember that, like, you have to keep that, that kind of moral, that kind of pillar of what builds your brand. You have to keep that synonymous with Into the Future. Like, I don't want to see Keanu Reeves as Revan. I want to see. Really? I no, not one bit. A, he's old, I mean, old as dirt. Yeah, I was just about to say. Now in this day, I mean, back then, give it ten years ago when he was playing Neo as in the Matrix. Yeah, for well, sure. If you're not casting me as Revan, I want you to cast someone that no one's ever heard of. Like this needs to be their first fucking role, and they need to kill it. Nail it. Yeah, nail it. And if it's not good, scrap it all. Do it again. But that's that's what I think Star Wars has done. There's not a lot of global, huge IPs that do that. Everyone else kind of casts the the hot guy in Hollywood, the hot girl in Hollywood. Yeah, they do they do a good job at like maintaining the the willing suspension of disbelief mm -hmm. with their films, even though it is sci-fi, and it says you know happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's like you can talk to even like an average Star Wars fan, and they can explain how things work, even though it's like that stuff that technology doesn't exist but they can explain it to you because star wars likes to you know like i said they maintain their willing suspension of disbelief yeah 100 percent. so next we got kevin in los angeles california is there a specific non-canon star wars story that you wish to wish had become part of the official star wars canon um I'm gonna go with just the entire old republic, honestly. Like everything Kotor, Svotor related, just it's canon now. The not necessarily. The old republic specifically is not. I don't think. I have to recheck the. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like only bits and pieces. Only only bits and pieces are. I want the whole shebang. Do you remember that thing. timeline that they released and it has showed all the eras and stuff? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was okay. Referencing. Here's yeah, the so, thing so, that so kind of blew period, it for the me. The time period is canon, but like, I don't think it's like, it's like this period of time is canon, but the stuff that happens. We're not sure what's canon in that period yet. Like they had, it's like they're trying to act like it's unwritten. I'm like, can you just make the whole thing canon, please? It doesn't it has no effect on anything that we deal with today. But uh, I need I mean, to I look, one. I need to look that that timeline era up on their official website because I need to make sure that 
Okay, yeah, we're good then. We're good. I saw My something biggest... that had Reign of the Empire right next to the Old Republic, and it was with the actual, like, Republic. And I was like, oh, shit, are they just calling it that because the New Republic's called the New Republic? But no, nah, it is the Old Republic, so we're good. We're good. My biggest non-canon story that I wanted to become canon, and it was especially during the Ahsoka show, I think we had previous podcasts uh, uh, acknowledging what I'm about to say, is Starkiller's storyline. I, I want him to become canon so effing bad, and I wanted him to fight Ahsoka so mother-loving bad. Literally, the dark side version apprentice of Anakin, Darth Vader, versus Anakin Skywalker's apprentice, Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. But with the with the knowledge that we have, it's I think safe to assume that Star Killer just walks out, <laughs> non touched. It, it it depends. It depends. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like <laughs> I wasn't very happy the way. <laughs> Ahsoka was fighting, so yeah, I could see Starkiller kind of winning. <laughs> well, uh, that's Rosario's uh, fighting, but yeah. animations, Ashley, so... <laughs> mm. I think it, it really depends with Starkiller. Um, Galen Merrick, Starkiller. Yeah. Like, dark or for some if they if they bring him in they have to dumb him down like they just have to otherwise like they don't have to necessarily he's gonna flick him. he's gonna well if he flicks his f finger everybody dies it's just like well, I, I want to see that's how nihilus was that's what i want to see nihilus is another yeah but nihilus was a planet nihilus nihilus is a planet eater though man and he's nihilus... a star killer He's the he's the he's the you know? definition of the dark side of the force taken to levels unimaginable. You like you said, yeah. a fucking planet eating force wielder, because like that's what feeds, I believe, his hunger or not his force hunger. I, I honestly don't even keeps know. him alive. I'm still trying to. Yeah. yeah, so it keeps him alive. Okay, yeah. So he feeds off the force energy of the planet, and it keeps him alive. That's pretty powerful. That's just under Emperor Vitiate's immortality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's a reason why Star Killer is OP. He's like, for the same reason Ahsoka's OP. They're the literal apprentices of Anakin. But right? I don't. I haven't seen any they're, feet. They're the stepkids. To see her as. As yeah, Ahsoka's not OP. She's OP yeah. in forms of, in terms of she combat. Has, she has more plot. She has more plot armor. In terms of combat, she's OP as fuck. Hear me out. She went toe to toe with Asajj Ventress in her prime, General Grievous in his prime, Darth Maul in his pseudo prime. Depends on how you want to look at it. But in in his peak hatred. Went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Maul. Went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Darth Vader. Went toe-to-toe -to -toe with four or five Inquisitors at a time. Killed an Inquisitor without her lightsaber. She did all of that, and half of that she did as a literal child. Combat-wise, Ahsoka's that, OP, that man. List, that whole list, that last one, is the only kill count. But, but Starkiller... <laughs> Whether you do the dark side or light side in the Force Awakens, uh, Force Awakens, Force Unleashed Force One, Awakens. Force Unleashed One. I don't like the second game. The second game is just not great. You go dark side. You kick, you kick Vader's ass. Okay, like you kick his ass, right? 
if you go to the light side, which I believe would be the canon version, mm -hmm. um, he defeats Palpatine after he fights Vader. So you already beat Vader. Now you're fighting Palpatine. Um, and he beats Palpatine. The only reason he loses is because they're like, don't kill Palpatine. You're, you know, it's don't, don't kill, don't kill kind of a mentality. And then Palpatine's just like, oh, what a loser. And then, yeah, he learned his lesson. But, I mean, you defeat Vader, you defeat Palpatine back to back. I mean, like, I don't see Ahsoka doing that. The only thing Ahsoka does um, that's impressive, in my opinion, is... And, and you know, it's kind of funny, actually. Oh, crap. Oh, I, I might have actually cornered myself in this argument. I was going to say, Ahsoka fights Vader and Palpatine back-to-back, -back, actually. Now mm -hmm. that I think about it, she fights Vader on uh, Malachor, and then two seconds later, she's in the world between worlds running from Palpatine. Um, yeah, that was a busy day for her, I guess, but she didn't beat him. She didn't beat either of them, so technically, I don't know. I want to see Force Repulse live action. He, like the cinematics, honestly. The for, yeah, I mean, it's not even the bubble that's what that I want to see personally. It's the disintegration, like you know, like the Ember. That... We got that in Mandalorian with the disintegrator rifle. Beautiful. The, yeah, that's that's where I draw the line with Starkiller. I'm like the fact that he can just like disintegrate, disintegrate. people. I'm like, dude, that's like. Stop. Like you need you need one of those shirts that say like keep back two hundred feet or something like that because like I wouldn't go near that guy. I'm like if he sneezes or something like that, like I could die. Yeah, seriously, dude. Like that's why I'm like he's too OP. Dumb him down, please. So I mean, I watched a video in uh, regards to Star Killer pulling down the ship moment, you know, and the video that I watched, they were literally heavily relying on gravity. That's what helped him pull it down more and sure. i was just like but you're gonna say like turns out they're just out of gas like yeah like he was like an anchor but like the gravity was more of like the actual help instead of like star killer pulling down the ship and i'm over here in my brain like i don't want to believe that <laughs> even though gravity is a realistic thing and logic and you know laws and of physics it's just the force you know we saw it in Vader. Like, if Vader can do it, you know, his apprentice, like, <laughs> surely a capital. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it beyond that, too. I think with strength, practice, knowledge, I, I and there's a, there's a time period right here, right now, from the end of episode six, or where we're at with Ahsoka, to the beginning of the pre, or the sequels. I think there's no issue with introducing Starkiller as like the ultimate evil in the galaxy. However you want to introduce him, whatever. Because it can work. Ahsoka versus Starkiller can be the conflict in this tiny period. And New Republic era, you think? It totally can be, and it could be part of why they fail. I mean, here's my thing that I have to say. Like, Rosario Dawson looks okay, in my opinion. Like, just middle ground. Like, she's okay, but she's not bad for playing Ahsoka, portraying Ahsoka. Sam's pretty old now. You know That's what I mean? fine. That just means he, he would age perfectly. He ages he, with the character. Yeah, he would be True. old yeah. here, too. Just like Obi-Wan. Everyone's like, oh, you're McGregor's going to play Obi-Wan again? It's like, dude, he looks perfect. Just mm -hmm. perfect here's another role. question. Right now, with no shows airing, I know this is an off question, but this is just one that I have, and then I'll stop beating myself. Um, how would you introduce Starkiller in this day and age? 
if I would, it was a board pitch meeting. I like I like the idea of him being Maroc. Or not like him being Maroc because Maroc's dead, but like I like the idea of him being a surviving Inquisitor. Because that's what he was in the Force Awakened. <sighs> Force Unleashed. Um, he was an Inquisitor. He, he was literally sent down to hunt Shakti, one of her six different deaths that she have she has um you know like he was the og inquisitor so i and the thing is with the the inquisition is like in the comics we keep learning about more and more inquisitors and and maybe you know he was vader's secret inquisitor not just apprentice but secret inquisitor and he survived all this time i would i would love to see that if he was still like this this top dog inquisitor like above the grand inquisitor but like he only reported to vader and vader alone and you know, he had a, he had a, like, you know, in the first mission, uh, Vader says, like, you have to kill all Imperials. You can't let anyone know of your existence. So, I mean, it would stay true to the game, and I think it would make sense bringing him into canon if he was just an ex, like, rogue Inquisitor. This is how I would do it, MJ, to answer your proposition. Thrawn returns. Thrawn is now back in the predominant galaxy. Word gets to Tantalor, where one Cal Kestis is currently residing, building up a Jedi Order, whatever he's doing. Cal, we need you. We have a threat bigger than anyone's ever known. We need you to come back. So Cal, Marin, the lot, they return to the main galaxy. And to counter that, Thrawn looks up a old friend of the empire of vader and that's star killer and he's off in the mountains like the old vietnam sniper that got you know um decommissioned uh discharged and he's just off living off the land and that's star killer he's off in some planet living by himself doing what he's doing i don't know how i feel about that hermit star killer that's not 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 hermit star killer to a degree but he's just off doing him minding his own business thrawn offers him listen i like we need an emperor handle this i'll give you everything that you've ever wanted and cal versus star killer live action and just have them destroy each other well Cal's dead. Cal's dead, dude. <laughs> Bye, Cameron. It's an easy way to send them off. Have them destroy each other. Have them go to Tantalor. Do whatever. But I think Starkiller is just too big of an elephant in the room. And really the only one power level up there to mess with him is Cal Kestis. Luke? Maybe. Luke could Luke, easily. Luke could, Luke could go toe to toe with Starkiller. Both of them could. Luke, Cal, you get the Avenger squad. Like Starkiller, literally could be Thanos right now. Yeah. And there's no reason why you couldn't build a it new Republic Avengers. Of course. It depends on the script, but yes, I do agree. If they were to introduce Starkiller in the script good script way of like Thanos. Yeah, Ahsoka's your Captain America. Cal is your 
fucking I don't know. I would have the same uh, feared thoughts as Thrawn because like my feared thoughts with Thrawn is he's an even smarter villain than Palpatine is. Palpatine is five steps ahead of you. He's ten. He's just that smart. Like that. To a degree. Nothing, In combat, he is yes. Yeah, like nothing beats intelligence when it comes to anything. Yeah, because really. Palpatine was just a fucking politician. He didn't know shit what he was doing. He was just going off of he whoever was, was saying like yes. A sorcerer, right? Yeah. Like a politician, a poli a political sorcerer. Yes. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. He was simply going off of the words of whoever was saying yes to him. You know, that's why well, no, you no, had no, no, people cause... like Veer saying, oh, let's do Battle of Hoth. Let's do One it. One of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars is actually one quote from Palpatine himself. And it's actually in the animated or in the animated Clone Wars, which is it's literally so much logic behind it that it has concrete solidification. He literally states, it's amazing how the words of a senator can sway millions. And right then and there, I knew, like, that's a villainous fudge. Mm -hmm. And it's like, then, man, people are dumb. Yeah, it's yeah. all crazy. Presidents. <laughs> Presidents, yeah, okay. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Thrawn with Starkiller... Thrawn is like the Loki kind of character, menacing. They conquer the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> and literally Luke has to come. Um, you bring the Phoenix Squad, Ezra, Cal, Marin, everyone to try and stop Starkiller. Because if you don't, this guy's going to take over. And what's happening while all this is happening? The First Order is building up in the background. Undercover. It's perfect, man. It could work. We have so much yeah. time. I think I think it could work. See, like, and this will be the last thing I'll say before we go to the next question. Is like, uh, I, like, I still don't like... I don't know. Like, I hope they... I, and they're not going to, but I hope they stray away from the, the sequel trilogy. Because, like, I know we're, we're headed that way. It's like we're, we're, we're climbing into... People want like, to leave the prequels so effing bad, though. Like, I hear that every day, like, my other friends. Like, they just want to leave the prequels and Anakin. And... I, I think the prequels are done. I think we're done with the prequels. Like, I I, I mean, Tales of the... Tales of the... Tales of the what was it called? Tales? Tales of the Tales? Tales of the Tales. Tales of the Tales. Whatever that show was called. That was good. Tales you know, of the Tales. tales. What was, it, what was it called? Tales of the tales Jedi? Of the Jedi. <laughs> I, I let them cook, Tebow. Yeah. The hell was it called? It was good, but I'm like, uh, like after Bad Batch, I, I kind of want to be done with Clone Wars and the, this this uh, the prequels. I'm like, I think the prequels are done. I think we've added enough like you know layers to this cake where it's done now. I want to go to before the prequels, but not like High Republic. Like I want to go before that because High Republic. I think you, yeah. season three has to send the prequels off with a Muller loving bang. Well, yeah, it's the the Bad Batch is literally the end of clones. That's literally what the show's all about. But what I was saying is that the First Order is like I I don't I hope they stray away from the sequel trilogy because like I don't I, there's no threat in the current shows for me. Like there's nothing like that's gonna keep me engaged because I'm like I know we're just going to the First Order and like the First Order is just a big fuck up. Like okay, the bad guys are gonna mess up huge later on. I'm not worried about anybody. People die. Okay, well. 
it's gonna happen. But like I like, I feel like there's no big like threat. I'm like, and if I if, if I could somehow jump into the Star Wars universe and be like, look, everyone in the Republic, so I just just let them do their thing. The First Order is a big mistake. I haven't just... felt a threat since the Death Star with the First Order. Like the Death Star had the ability to blow up one planet with one laser. The First Order upgraded it to five planets with five lasers. <laughs> Yeah, but they have to drain a sun in order to do that. So, like, they were very limited on how many times they can do it. So, like, well, Star Killer... They transformed Ilum into the Star Killer. No, 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 no. They, they, they have to drain a local sun to power it. Mm. Like, like the ass end of Star Killer base sucks in a sun, uh, and then they boom. And then they equipped all their Star Destroyers with many Death Stars, but their GPS was so bad they couldn't figure out how to go up, apparently. So... Yeah. I wouldn't worry about the First Order. I... I like seeing stuff get built, you know? Like, because you... In Clone Wars, you see the Empire fledgling in the background of the Republic. Um, yeah. So, that, I think it'd be cool just to just i i just want to get hints and content that we get just drop hints like and we we got a hint but not really like we met hux's dad who's in the empire that like we knew that already we knew yeah. hux's dad was in the empire i want not like everybody did though you want to see uh, yeah. you want to see ben solo show up no like, but like i want to see like snoke's hippie ass walking around messing around doing something because he he would he would be out around in the galaxy pestering looking for apprentices. Listen, all I'm gonna say about Snoke is, I'm, I guess we're gonna walk into that territory. It's just we got. Yeah, because the next it's question Snoke? is with the introduction of Disney's sequel trilogy, how did it affect your view of the Star Wars saga? Brother, Snoke <laughs> was portrayed as a powerful, powerful villain up more than emperor palpatine he was literally force choking people galaxies away through a hologram mm -hmm. that's intimidation okay and then he got sliced like a slice of banana bread i was just like yeah they they didn't know how to handle his character they were like they built him up and this is this is uh this is the problem i think with the sequel trilogy and this yeah, is why well, I'm, I, I'm gonna have a hard i'm gonna have a hard time tr uh, trusting stars movies that come in the future is because they had no plan they literally were just still like while they were filming the rise of skywalker they still were undecisive on who ray was yeah they were like well, she could have been a pal and, 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 and that was such a trilogy yeah so that that speaks volumes <laughs> like bro. so it's almost like it's almost like you're 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 driving on the freeway with a bunch of people. We're almost done with the character and, arc. Like, no, you're like, where are we going? I don't know. We're just gonna we're just gonna stop whenever I feel like it. You know what? I might cover my eyes for a little bit too to see where we end up. It's like just throw in fan service and we'll cover it. <laughs> it makes no sense. So so it, Falcon. The sequel trilogy, okay, so we talked about the prequels adding to my Star Wars fandom and my Star Wars, like, uh, like I feel like the, the the sequels subtracted from my love of Star Wars, and like because the the the, the sequels are so far out there in terms of like the timeline, I don't want to go that direction. I want to keep either stay where I'm at right now with Ahsoka or go the other way, start going backwards because I don't want to get closer to the sequel. The sequel trilogy just, it doesn't make sense to me and. 
and since we already know we already know the ending and nobody really likes the ending like you know what i mean like do i do i even want to take that well, journey no like it's like if i know it's going to be a shitty ending like i don't want to all of the resistance shows that have released bombed yeah yeah they did and um I mean, I'm not saying all the characters are awful. It's just the way they the way they handled handled the sequel trilogy. I think they just like I don't know what went wrong. Like I really don't. Like I don't know why they planned a trilogy without actually planning a trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. It it bugged me. I liked the movies. I really did, but each individual movie Force had Awakens. different. And yeah, cinematically, I enjoyed the Last Jedi. Cinematically, I didn't bother with Rise of Skywalker. I still haven't watched it. I literally oh, remember... it's it's pretty good. You might <laughs> I, like it. I remember I remember uh, watching it on a free service somehow and just skipping it like every ten, like, five, ten minutes. Like I just wanted to see the fight the, scenes. The ones, the one. Okay, and I don't want to be like Mister Negative all the time, but I I'm going to. I will say this, if we can lead up with the First Order with where we're going, I would like them to keep The Force Awakens because I actually do like that movie. I think that movie is a great build-up. The First you Order is actually a New Hope spinoff or a rip-off, and I'm like, I... I I'm fine really with that did. because Star it Wars really... rips off itself all the time. It really yeah, does. It really um, does. The First Order is intimidating. Snoke is still alive, and we still don't know much about him. I, I, if... If I was going to retcon, if I had to do some middle ground by saying retcon the sequels, but Disney said no, I would say do it after The Force Awakens. Get rid of Episode 8, get rid of Episode 9, and go in exactly. a different direction because you haven't screwed up Luke yet. Snoke's not dead. Nobody's dead yet. All your characters are still alive. Everyone's still kind of new, fresh, badass. Yes. Just go from there. Go from there. Be the main villain. Have Oscar Isaac turn Jedi. No, I'm kidding. Have Finn be the Jedi. Yeah. And with Ray, like I mean, I didn't mind Ray as you know, but I what what that storyline could be right like is like Ray and Finn cooperatively take uh or win like as heroes do, but in the upcoming trilogy that's like announced or whatever for yeah. Ray, have her turn Sith as what was visioned in her head. You know what I mean? Because, like, I I adore Sith Ray, but, like, I feel like she could be a great villain, per se. Yeah, no, it, it just... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, if, if they redid episodes 8 and 9, I think that would fix a lot of things. Because most people do like The Force Awakens. It's actually, I think, like a solid 8, eight out of 10. I'm with you. I like them. I really like them. Wait till my book comes out, boys. You might like the, the sequels a little more. I'm trying to do it justice, man. Shout out to George. And like you said, a lot of those characters deserve some justice done for them. Because they're good characters. Just yeah. Finn got robbed writing. mostly. In, in my opinion, Finn got robbed mostly. And in, in both, anim, uh, both uh, you know, on screen and marketing um in china specifically they've reduced his size on posters to be literally minimal like he had five percent on a poster if if that were to make sense like 
what I mean by like five percent is like yeah, they reduce his character size. Yeah, he was yeah. literally this yeah. big on a poster compared to U.S. where he's full size and you see him holding a lightsaber. He's minimized on the China posters, and then in the Force Awakens, uh, he just gets robbed of being a stormtrooper turned Jedi. Yeah, and you know that that's the appeal that people make the racist appeal that people make um finn did get robbed <laughs> i agree he thought he was a sick character still yeah. has tons of potential because we know for certain he's force sensitive um so hopefully he gets nice with this new ray movie you know i think that the sequels could benefit from a dave filoni animated show kind of like rebels got kind of like clone wars i think they could really benefit with it it's it's tough though it's tough just because the sequel's so tangled with its own mess so i, it, I it know it needs really, it needs someone it to really to clean it up it. or just redo episode eight nine because redoing two movies i don't think is that bad i just don't like for, from a pr standpoint how do you do that you just do it like you just rip it off like a bandit you just do it uh, someone has to be the scapegoat though and it, if it's eight and nine it would have to be like they'd have to publicly ostracize ryan johnson, ryan johnson ryan johnson and kathleen yeah which which they've already been publicly ostracized by the community yeah i mean the only people that haven't ostracized them is disney themselves so i mean they just have to do it I don't think it's as complicated as people might think it is. I mean, literally, you could just... You could, I mean, I, I look at Marvel, for example. Look how crazy Marvel is now. You have all these different, like, shows and multiverses and how many different Spider-Man have we have we've gotten? Like, how many times I've seen Uncle Ben die on screen the last, like, you know, 20 years? It's like, how many different Batmans are there? I mean, DC, for crying out loud, they're recasting their, their main three every single, like, time to come new movies i mean um i totally think they could redo it i think that's the magic of star wars though and they they don't do that really other than right, like they don't Han do Solo. right right they don't do that but but this would be like the one exception you know what i mean this is the one time because people want it it's not it's not they're doing to make more money well obviously everything's to make money but like i think they would do it because it's like it would it would profit the long term you know the longevity, I guess, of Star Wars because I just I don't know, but I, they're probably they won't do it. I really don't think they will, but um, I don't know. You never know. You never know with the what's going on today. So we got what one more question, right? Yep, last question here. Yeah. If and this is from if my brother. Write, this is from my just, brother, if, Taylor in Taylor, Marysville, Washington. Marysville. If you got to write a Disney Plus show for a specific character that hasn't gotten a show yet, who would the character be and why? And what would the storyline be? Also, Juder sucks. <laughs> if I can write a Disney Plus show. Um, so, I would, I would actually veer away from writing a show about a character that exists. I would write a show with brand new characters, original characters, and, you know, maybe have the the occasional cameo of a character you might recognize, you know, pop in. But something that I just don't understand why we don't have in terms of a video game or even a Disney Plus show 
is like give us like a pod racing show it doesn't have to be about the empire the sith the jedi the the, the politics of star wars just just make a racing a show furious in the form of star wars no no not not fast and furious um but just make a pod racing show i think a pod racing show would be really really cool like like Kind of like what I like about the solo movie is like there are no lightsabers other than Maul showing up at the end. Like it is a a, a boots on the ground type uh, story. So I don't know. I think a pod racing show would be really really fun. Um, I think it'd be a really cool opportunity to like visit different worlds with different tracks and interact with different characters. And um, you know they did that a little bit in Bad Batch for one episode, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I wish. I wish they did that, and you know, you can do so many cool things with like, you know. I don't think different... it can be just solely pod racing. In my opinion, you gotta add swoop because the moment you said introduce different planets, swoop racing came into my brain. Oh sure, sure. It doesn't even have to be pod racing. It could be, it could be, it could be swoop racing. It could be, yeah, any any of that stuff. I mean, like... I would love to see swoop racing just in live action. Period. Yeah, so I think a racing show would be really cool. I don't know why they haven't tapped back into the whole like racing segment of Star Wars because that's Star Wars Racer like was huge back in the day. Um, and I don't know, like I guess it's like I just don't know why we don't have like a Forza version of that that's modern. Mm-hmm. What about you, MJ? I mean, uh, if it wasn't really obvious enough, I would write a show for Starkiller in particular. Have the pilot literally be on Kashyyyk. Have the Empire reigning flipping hell. Have Vader fight the Jedi that, you know, I don't remember his name. And in the midst of all that, boom, pops out Starkiller, force gripping or force you know, grabbing uh, Vader's lightsaber, that'd be the end of the pilot. <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, basically, as Vader says, like, uh, you know, how he takes him on with him, I would mm -hmm. end the pilot like that. Um, that would be literally just from the game, literally on Kashyyyk, and just kidnap Starkiller as a boy. <laughs> I like that. Just full on Empire... The, the villains are winning per se, you know what I mean? Back esque. And it just ends off with Starkiller has, you know, an implied heavy midichlorian count. And Vader has an interest in him and just fade the black. Wait for episode two. Hell yeah. If we if it wasn't gonna be a Vader show, I think Vader needs his own show. Live action. Um, yes. If it wasn't going to be a Vader show, ah, comics are carrying Vader right now. Yeah. In the sense of his story, you know. Man, it's tricky. I, I mean, Heir to the Empire could be a show in and of itself. Um, but the question was. For a specific character who's not gotten a show yet. I am going to pick Revan. And I would That's like to follow Revan in a Game of Thrones style show. With a good amount of seasons. Good amount of episodes each. Similar cinematography. 
to Game of Thrones, to Andor, something like that. And just follow Revan. Um, whether you want to do as a Jedi to Conqueror, to Sith, back to Jedi, whether you yeah. want to do after KOTOR. I think Revan I would, would do, just I would be do, sick. I would do KOTOR. I call I say KOTOR 0, like what happens before KOTOR 1. Yeah. But I would do KOTOR 0 through 2, I think would be a cool I just cool series. I said I just labeled Kotor Zero Swator. Well, Swator is after. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all after. Yeah. Yeah, Swator is all after. Actually, that makes sense because Treya was. I mean, I I saw today that Treya was Revan's master. Yes. Oh, Darth Bane show would be sick too, and that takes place like three thousand years after Revan. But Darth Bane would be yep. sick. The establishment. Of the rule of two, watching him like literally join the Sith, destroy the Sith, become the Sith would be awesome. Um, so I'll say, uh, for argument's sake, I'll just say Darth Bane because I know that Revan is probably never gonna get any media in my lifetime, not for a while. If I had an alternate choice, it would have to be Palpatine as Sheev in the whole Plagueis arc. Yeah, that'd you know, be sick. Him under Plagueis. How did he kill him? Like, like you know. Killed him, in, killed him in his sleep. <laughs> killed him in his sleep. Let's Ironic. see it. <laughs> I know. Can save others from death. That's what would be sick, too. With a suppressor and just goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray just has the pillow. Hitman <laughs> <In that> style. <laughs> That'd be great. Anyways, boys, that's uh that's us done for the archives, episode twelve. Shout out to MJ and Van Seal for hanging for two and a half hours. Much love, much appreciation. Let us know in the comments how you feel about those questions and answers. Keep the conversation rolling as always, and with peace, knowledge, and serenity, may the force be with you.